From here on out, you're on your own. You're a legend in the eyes of those who live on the battlefield. That's why you have to handle this mission yourself. Put those nine years behind you, and return as Big Boss. That's how Koss would want it. Now go! Let the legend come back to life. Hello and welcome once again to Dark Insight Podcast. It's episode 5, halfway to those double digits. Uh, yeah, so you're listening to, as I said, the Dark Insight Podcast with me, Death Note, and Im over there, Mr. Vader Van Odin. Say hello. That is, that is me. <laughs> How are we doing this week? You good? Uh, we've been better. Yeah, been a bit ill, but uh, getting getting through it and trucking along. Uh, sickness is uh, the worst. Yeah, I, I I used to get sick a hell of a lot, but like I changed my diet and now I don't get sick very often. And when I am sick, it's just like crawling to work because I have to pay the mortgage. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's, that's the problem. So I had to take a few days off and I've run out of sick leave. So it's gone into annual leave, which is no fun. No. But yeah, can't afford days without pay. No, that's it. And it, as you say, it's, it, that's that sucks when you have to start using annual leave to cover your sickness that's that's pretty rubbish <laughs> so uh yeah well it was uh last episode was great a lot to obviously say thank you to jeremy greer once again for coming on yes uh, he did a great job thanks dude very much appreciated yeah top plug yeah and uh as i say a couple of the episodes we've hit a uh, nice little viewing figures on a couple of the episodes as well obviously one of them being the one Jeremy was on and it's actually nudged a little over that mark as well now so think things are going really well with the podcast and uh, yeah just as, as I do every week I just yeah thanks to everyone out there listening obviously you guys make us want to carry on doing it you know even if we had, I, I suppose we'd still be around even if even if we only had a couple of listeners but to have as many as we got I never kind of expected to have that many people so thank you everyone for listening and uh, uh, hopefully you'll uh, keep on tuning in yes yes I thank you too um, and yeah we've always got nerdy stuff to talk about so um, <laughs> we'll do yes. it anyway <laughs> yes uh, and the other thing I noticed you you probably would have all noticed that the intro music has changed um, the, the only reason I sort of 
spoke to Vader about and decided on this is because we're we're we we're, we're kind of a, a general gaming podcast really, and the intros sort of rely more towards yeah. Bloodborne and your Dark Souls, which there still will be a hell of a lot of, but we just wanted to, I feel, broaden the horizons a little bit, just because there's not always constant Dark Souls and sort of Bloodborne stuff around, so, and we we, we have a huge love for gaming, so we thought we'd uh, obviously dip our toes into uh, all areas and just make it a nice, nice all-round gaming podcast for everyone, so everyone can enjoy the seasoning of Dark Souls. Yes, indeed. Nice, yeah. Um, it's kind of cool how we have seem to have a good variety of games we like, we both like, and we like similar games, so the discussion should always be, be on topic and, and, and relevant to both what we like, and we should have lots to talk about, because we're both into RPGs, we're into Metal Gear Solid, Souls games, action games, all sorts, so... If anyone's got any suggestions or anything they'd like to discuss, we're happy to take suggestions and talk about topics uh, from from the audit, from people who are listening. And, and yeah, we'll sound things out and get our take on things. That might not be a good take on it, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll give it a go. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree as well. Like, and Also, another thing that I, I'm quite willing to do, if anyone out there wants to maybe suggest some games that they'd like me or Vader to try, even if they're terrible, just for us to give their thoughts on. I'm, I'm quite down for that. So if anyone out there wants to do that and hand us uh, a mission of playing some terrible games or even good games, they don't have to be terrible. But you just if there's games you want to hear us just have a little natter about, then send send some ideas our way. But it, it is good that, as you say. Me and Vader generally do have a, a quite common taste when it comes to games, really, which is always good. It so, does help. Uh, yeah, it does. So, have you been playing much this week? Well, not this week, but recently. I've um, since we've last recorded, I've been playing a few games. Um, been I was lucky enough to win a copy of Hell Divers um, from PlayStation New Zealand, which ah. was very cool. Um, actually, I won two copies. I won a copy for myself and a copy for Too Friendly, uh, one of our listeners who has commented a few times. Uh, yeah. So I jumped into that. It's a really fun game. We got the Elite Edition, so we got all the bells and whistles with it. They've re-released a physical copy um, with all the expansions and DLC. Um, yeah, fun game. Oh, that's uh, pretty awesome. How, how, did, how did you go? How did you go about winning that? How was that? The just, competition. just through their Facebook page, just they asked you to comment on their f- posts, and I was lucky enough to win. Um, so it was even better though; I got a three-month PlayStation Plus subscription token as well. So yeah, it was quite a good value. I think it was like a hundred and fifty dollar value the prize. So that's pretty. That's pretty yeah, that's pretty yeah. awesome, man. I don't think I've ever won anything like that ever. Was was cool. Then a couple of days later, we went to uh, Toy World with my my kids. They had like a Lego special day, and they had scavenger hunt. And then my son won like a a big box of Lego. So we had a really good week, winning week with the family. Oh, that's just I never win nothing. I want to win something. Got the end in. But yeah, Hell Divers. It's actually it's it's a really cool game. Like I've heard good things about it, and it's just it's just chaotic. It's it's a twin. Twin stick shooter, like goes chaos mayhem games, 
but it's yeah. a bit more methodical, but a bit more chaos at the same time. I'm trying to think how to explain it. It's it's a bit more slowed down. Like it's not just like you run and gun just constantly like um um Dead Nation, the one on PSN a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's just constant shooting. It's just bullet storm, just nuts, top down view, just shooting and circling and shooting and circling. It's a bit more methodical because it's um, friendly fires on, so you can kill your friend. Actually, saying friendly fires on is an understatement. Friendly fire is on to the max. Everything will kill you and your friends um, who you're playing yeah, with. You saying that? I, I, I've, I think it was IGN that we're, we're talking about, and they were saying like they called in like some drop or saying, and it accidentally <laughs> landed on his mate's head, and like completely just yep. killed him <laughs> and there's explode um starship trooper um the old um great film with the mm. aliens and the yeah the space marine type characters have you seen it oh yeah with the, with the like the giant bugs and stuff yep yep it's yeah, yeah. it's very much like that it takes like ne- um <clears throat> the kind of the america kind of democracy <laughs> um thing to extreme and like you throw grenades at people and they're like Take some justice. Uh, <laughs> um, well, here, here's a dose of democracy. Um, it's, it's just hilarious and stupid. Um, and the art style is pretty cool. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's yeah, it just has a cool kind of style to it. And basically, yeah, so it's very fast paced but very slow and methodical at the same time because you've got to be careful and the, the thing you know you drop in you, you call in support uh, drops an interesting thing with them is that about dropping them on people's heads you can't control them perfectly where they come you don't just like place a marker you throw a like a beacon which is like uh, a grenade well, okay. and so the longer you hold the button the, the more you cook the throw and so it could go a long way it could go a short way and then there's a delay on when it's going to land. And so you may forget and you may be running away from a giant bug or monster and run straight into where the beacon is. And oh, nice. it, so it's, I've only had a, uh, I'm like a few hours with it, but yeah, quite a good game. Uh, very, very impressed with it. Um, so yeah, keen to give it a, wherever we go. Um, like, yeah, I've got to say, I do, I do, I'm quite fond of some of the, the old twin stick shooters. That's one I haven't, I did look at it and I thought, oh, I'd give that a go, but I haven't actually got around to trying it out yet. So. Yeah, give it, give it a go, and we can team up. It'd be awesome. Um, mm-hmm. It's up to four player, and people oh, can drop cool. in and out of the match if you have like an open. Um, yeah, it's so you can upgrade stuff. There's upgrade pass and things. As I say, it's not. I I do like twin twin shooters, but they can get repetitive when there's just hordes and hordes and hordes. Whereas this is a little. You can stealth through areas and try and be sneaky, um, and. Yeah, so there's a bit more tactics to it. Like, it's a tactical twin yeah. stick shooter. Oh, that's is, cool. I think, how I'd describe it. Um, and, yeah, yeah, very good. So I recommend it. Um, the other game that I wanted to bring up is that I've been, play- I've been playing, um, and you're talking about games you usually wouldn't play, is Sticks. Hmm. Um, it was free on PlayStation Plus a few months ago, and I've just had it sitting in my library. Um, oh, is that the, the, the like, a goblin thief yeah. little thing? Yeah, the Goblin Assassin, uh, Master of Shadows, I think is the the tagline. Mm. And I've been really impressed with it. Like, it's got its faults. It's um, it's not a perfect game, but it plays really well. Like the animations of the of the main character are really good. 
Um, the, the takedown kills look awesome. Um, and the stealth mechanic actually works really well. Like it is really based on shadows and you can snuff out torches around the castles and, and the dungeons to create more shadow. And the guards notice that lights are turned off. And so you can use that to your advantage. You can snuff a light out and they'll come towards light to maybe relight it. And then you can take yeah. them down. And, um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I've I've got it saved to my library. I haven't downloaded it and tried it out yet, so I might have to give that one a go. Yeah, I I, I was like, oh, I need something. To, I felt like streaming, so I needed something new, so I just chucked it on and had a few people come in and watch, including Jeremy, uh, our last <laughs> guest. He popped on and we had a good chat. He was chatting along, and he was he was the same thing. He had um, bookmarked it in his library with PlayStation Plus, but hadn't downloaded it. And he was he he was quite impressed um, from what he had seen from me playing it, and he yeah he said he was going to give it a go. Uh, he put it because he likes the idea of Metal Gear Solid, but he doesn't <clears throat> do stealth games, as I think the way he put it. He just can't right. do it. But okay. he said this is the stealth game that he think he could get into, um, because it was quite it was quite lenient, um, and guards were a little dumb, but it yeah. kind of that led to the stealth mechanic kind of working. Um, and it makes sense because you're a small little goblin. You could hide in shadows. You could hide in barrels. It was really cool. You could hide in drains and stuff because you're so small. Uh, you could hide in. <laughs> so, yeah, um, hi- highly recommend it. I'm a huge surprise at how much I've enjoyed it. Um, yeah, yeah, really good at getting into it and keen to try some more of it. I'll definitely, um, I'll definitely check that one out because I definitely added that one to my library. I just didn't actually get around to playing it. Well, because I was at the time I was playing obviously Dark Souls and I was playing that. Oh yeah, exactly. Blood. I think I was yeah, a, yeah Bloodborne. I was still in Bloodborne when it came was came out, but uh, actually yeah. yeah, I think you're right. It might have been Bloodborne, yeah. And then I was playing Dark Souls and then Dark Souls Two. And it's all a blur. It's all a blur. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of at the moment. I'm kind of glad that um, Metal Gear <coughs> come around to fill my time now because I kind of was a bit. Not burnt out on Dark Souls, but I ploughed through three games on the trot and I was like, I need to play something different. I'm getting Dark Souls sort of like burn a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's fair enough because you did whip through them very quickly. Um, yeah. yeah. No, so I mean, I'm, I'm super looking forward to Dark Souls 3, but obviously I just it, it's nice to play something different from the... As I say, playing with Metal Gear it gives me a little bit more relaxation because the stealth I find nice and calming. Whereas <laughs> obviously Dark Souls, you're just like ah, constantly all the time, just ah, full on yeah. attack, shield up. <laughs> yeah. So before we get on to Metal Gear, because obviously that's mm. uh, the elephant, not not I wouldn't call the elephant in the room, but yeah, it's a hot topic at the moment. Um, yeah, <laughs> getting back into Dark Souls. Uh this would be your first time you've you've been, I guess, hyped or excited for a release of a Souls game. So this is the first time you've anticipated a game coming out. Well, it if it well just a Souls game, yeah. I felt that way for Bloodborne, obviously, because I was drawn in by obviously the, the, the art style and stuff, but I wasn't as hyped because I'd never really played them, so I was umming and ahhing about getting it. But obviously. Yeah, this is my first real sort of. Oh, I'm hyped for a, a Souls game, like big time, like seeing the, the the early footage and the gameplays bits that have been coming out of packs and stuff. I'm just like, ooh, I can't wait to play it. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's really cool. That um, 
yeah, because I've had that experience. This is going to be my third time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is good. I'm, I'm trying to um, not take in too much. Yep. Uh, yeah, so, I want to kind of go in as blind as I can, really, and have that early experience that a lot of people talk about, just like experience it without, without any uh, prior knowledge of the game. So, Yes, and as we've talked about, that's the best way to go into a Souls game. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Another, another question about this, your, your experience with the three Souls games, the Soulsborns. Mm. Um, have you got a favourite out of the three, now that you've whipped through... Them backwards. Ooh, that's a, that's a tough one. You know that that's. That I I feel they've each got their own qualities and flaws. This is the problem. That's exactly I feel, how I feel about it. Yeah, ah, they're so they're so similar, but yet at the same time so very different. <laughs> <laughs> it's I know it sounds cliche, but that's how it honestly feels. Especially now with obviously the scholar version of Dark Souls Two, they're just. Ah, they, it's weird. It it really is. I I I can't put my finger on one. I I could, I, I can't. I lied. I, the one I'd put on top that I did probably I'd say spend the most time thinking constantly about was Bloodborne. To be honest. Yep. Yeah. The, I, the story resonated with you. Yeah, it really did, and it was just a shame it wasn't as deep as the other Souls games I've played because they seem to have been had a lot much, uh, a lot more deeper lore to them than the, the than, than Bloodborne had. So, yeah. Be- I, I think the Bloodborne was, it kind of told its story clearer and, yeah. and quicker. Yeah, it was over, definitely shorter, and the story was, it, it was more there. You didn't really have to hunt for a lot of the lore. It was pretty much there for you. Whereas in the Dark Souls, a lot of the stuff is left to... There's no real guaranteed answer, whereas I feel Bloodborne actually answered a lot of stuff and gave you set answers. And yes, I think think it was a very different Mm. approach. Um, And I think it's easy to approach it with um, Dark Souls glasses on and try and see it through a Dark Souls lens. But yeah. it is its own kind of experience, um, which I really appreciated. Um, yeah, yeah, and so I, I would. I'm very similar to you. I can't. I can't say. Um, it's hard to say which one's my favourite. Um, a lot of people who started from the originals will say Demon Souls was was the best game. Um, yeah, but I think a lot of that's nostalgia or um, yeah, rose tinted glasses from what 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 they fell in love with. I, I, I definitely agree with that. I've heard a lot of people say that they obviously like, yeah, Demon Souls the best one, best one, and then they've gone back and played it and gone, actually, it was good, but it had its flaws. Yeah, um, I really like Demon Souls, and it has a kind of a magic to it. Um, even I've seen, uh, I think Jeremy actually posted on his Dark Souls haters some some pictures of the NPCs, um. Mm. And Demon Souls, and it has, it does have this magic to it, and this, and I think that's what I like to it. It's, it there is a lot of mystery behind it, even though I've played it like three times. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think I like Demon Souls for its mystery. I guess is is what I'm trying to say. Then Dark Souls, it's just an experience. Like, yeah. As a game, I don't think it's the strongest. 
because it, it doesn't play as well and it has its flaws. It ha- it's it's a little broken in a few places, even after all the patching. Um, mm. But it's 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 just an experience. It's just a wonder. Um, but then Dark Souls Two was a great game to play. Like even the original, it played a lot better. Like it, I, I found yeah. the fighting really good. It it did have its flaws and and different and PvP, but the PVE game was was good. Um, was great and that's before the the scholar update and, and I, 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 I to think, play that yeah I, I the scholar is it's i don't that's the thing i never played the original dark Souls two, 2 but what i've heard from everyone obviously scholar is a lot better and i i really really appreciate scholar obviously being at 60 frames 1080p so you got the better textures and all the extra stuff that comes with it and the the, the new placements and stuff it's it's a tough game yeah, I would definitely say Scholar is harder than Dark Souls, without a doubt. Yeah, um, and I wouldn't be surprised. And as I've played, um, I've only pl- I've only got the original Dark Souls two to go from, and that that still sticks out to me as being a cleaner game to play. It, maybe not the better experience, and the the laws might not be as 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 enjoyable or as interesting. Mm. Um. And the, the level design might not be as interesting, but the actual playing of the game, the, the raw, raw mechanics, of it, I, I think, are, are better. And so I enjoy it for that. Whereas Bloodborne was, my, I think, my shortest experience with any Souls game. Um, yeah. I, I got through and I did it and I finished it and stopped playing a lot quicker. But I think yeah. I enjoyed it the most. Um, I got the most amount of enjoyment out of it. Those those fights just were satisfying and yeah. and the, those there was just more mechanics in there that just made you feel yeah that was awesome and that kind of that, I don't know that I guess that adrenaline pump and that that just that boost yep. of excitement um it's I think I got more from it in a quicker shorter time yeah no I definitely I definitely agree that I agree with you on that on on the the combat it just felt so much tighter like there was times in in dark souls like I'll, I'll be fighting and then I'll get hit by one of the guys. I'm like, that's, that was ball. I totally <laughs> had that. Whereas in Bloodborne, I felt I was in control all the time and I had an escape one way or another via yeah. my parries or my dodges or I just felt more in control of the character because obviously everything's a lot smoother. And that's why Dark Souls 3's kind of definitely peaked me because the, seeing that it's, the Dark Souls sort of animations, but with a little bit more speed, with a Bloodborne sort of aesthetic look, and it's like they've taken a bit of good stuff from everyone and just kind of splushed it together, which I, I I'm quite excited for. Yeah, yeah, it should be good. So, yeah, okay. But, so yeah. I, I think I know which one is your favourite. I think <laughs> <laughs> I think you lean towards Bloodborne as well, don't you? Yeah, it's most definitely most, lead most... towards Bloodborne. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I agree. I, did, I kind of the same thing. It was the shortest one, and it was done in the least amount of time. But I probably enjoyed it the most. I mean, what the, the, the one I've completed most is Dark Souls. I've run that. No, actually, tell a lie. No, it was Bloodborne. I've done. That, I've run that four times. Dark oh, Souls nice. one was three times, and Scholar was two times. So, yeah, nice. We'll see. Yeah. Um, with Bloodborne. Yeah, see, I don't know. The actual first playthrough probably took me the same, similar time at a time as a Dark Souls game would. 
was like yeah, born. Sounds, yeah, mine was about, I think it was about 40 odd hours, I think. Um, yeah, it would be about right. Um, and then second playthrough, I was did a recording of it, so it took me about 20 hours because I was taking my time um, and doing everything. Um, yes, but I, yeah, I, as I got through the Platinum and did that and stopped playing, whereas I guess because the PvP is not that great on Bloodborne, I haven't had time no, to go I, I, try it. But uh, it's, it's a bit, I think it was primarily designed as a, a single player experience. Yeah, and I I don't mind that. I I, I like the like it being a, a, its own game. I liked it having Souls qualities, but having its own stamp and and making its own mark. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, so oh. what what else have you been playing or what since <sighs> our last chat? Well, I'm terrible. Well, I played some more Scholar. <laughs> Went back to Scholar actually. I started playing that again, trying to like different build, but ended up doing the strength build anyway. So I ended up playing exactly the same as I did before. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's that. But uh, I've been playing a couple of bits. I uh, I played and completed. Um, everybody's gone to the Rapture. Oh yes. And have you gone to I the Rapture? Oh, I, I have. You know I. <laughs> It's the first game ever that my wife has sat down and played with me. She she doesn't get on with computers, but she sat down from start to end. The thing is, though, you can't really call it a game, but you can, but you can't. Because yep. you don't do anything. <laughs> you literally walk around and watch stories. Yep. And that is it. <laughs> So, it's, did you find the run button? Yeah, when I was near the end, because uh, <laughs> someone I saw read it on the internet, and the base that uh, for the every, people that are listening that don't know, it's the way the game works. Is obviously you you you're walking around this town and you're basically following these visions of the past. It may seem, but you walk so goddamn motherfucking slow. You literally are like a baby's crawl pace. It's it is pretty abysmal the speed. But if you hold down the R two, it take it does run, but it takes seven seconds for that to build up. And then he's only walking at what you would call a normal walking pace from a game. <laughs> so that it's hick. like, uh, it is slow. And that's the thing because the way the game's built, you want to go around. And you want to find every last bit of story and information because you, if you don't get it all, you don't get the whole experience. It's it's all very important. That's all that there is to get. That's exactly. But if you, when you move into the next area, because basically every area you are like following, I would say a spirit or an echo of someone. Yep. And if you move into the next area and you want to go back and check to make sure you got everything in the last area, like all the video sequences and stuff. It takes so long because the walking speed is so goddamn slow. It can take forever to go back. And basically, if you was walking, if you had, a sp- I think it, it took me about five and a half hours to finish. If you had a normal walk and sprint like you did in, like, say, an FPS or whatever, you'd probably have it done in about two and a half hours. That's mm-hmm. how much time I think you could shave off through the in slow walking. It is so ridiculous. It's a little frustrating. But 
the story was so deep and rich that I was able to fully overlook that and I just got so gripped by this world of mystery. Oh, it's such a beautiful world as well because it's built on the... Uh, I do believe it's built on CryEngine, I do believe. So it looks absolutely stunning. Like, it's beautiful, like, picturesque to life. Because there's no mechanics, so they've basically just pumped everything into the audio and visual. Yep. And, yep. Oh, the, and the soundtrack, I was I was talking to the, um, the, the lady, I can't remember her name, balls, sorry. But, yeah, I was talking to her on Twitter, just, and the soundtrack is... It's beautiful. It's one of the best soundtracks I've heard in a game. It's one of those ones that leaves you with moments with really like bad goosebumps when something happens and her soundtrack's playing. And it's it. it a lot of people have classed it and said, "Look, it's not a game," and I can kind of understand because you don't do anything. It is more of an experience, and I say that I, I know that sounds a bit sort of yeah, but it's. The story was fantastic, and I don't really want to say too much because it can it will completely ruin it for people that are listening because you can't yeah, really yeah. give much away. But it's one of those stories as well that you take away from it what you want to take away. There is no definitive right. That's the finish. It's it it's quite full of I would say philosophy on life and experience and existence of itself yeah. and. What do we leave when we die? Is it about what we leave behind or is it about what we've done in life or is it about leaving our name or our family? And I, I, was, I was awestruck by it just in every single way, shape and form and it was beautiful. And yeah, I can't... If, if you like those walking simulators, <laughs> that's the only way I can call it a walking simulator. If you like a story and you're not too fussed about gameplay and you like uh, quite arty kind of things, definitely go check it out if people are listening. Because their last game that they did, Dear Esther, that left me kind of reeled for days after watching, like playing that game. That was only two hours long, but the outcome of that story was just, kind of broke my heart. (laughs) They're very good at telling a story, and it's, yeah, pretty pretty profound experience. Yeah, I I picked up Dear Esther the other day and tried playing it. My my son was with me and he he liked running around, um, but I was <laughs> he was doing most controlling, so I couldn't actually work out what was going on. <laughs> um, so I need to sit down myself and give it a go. Yeah, it's it's really important because a lot of the stuff, as you say, the story that's fed to you is really important because you need it and you build upon. And by the time you get to the end. Once again, it doesn't give you an answer, but it gives you all the information there for you to realise what's going on. And it, it, it does leave you with a profound thought on life itself, really. It's yeah, it's quite quite beautiful. I love Dear Esther and I love this game. They were both absolutely fantastic. Interesting. Okay. Well, I will endeavour to give them both a go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would most certainly say. I mean, it, finish Dear Esther, definitely play that and... Yeah, I, I, everyone's gone to the rapture. It's only fifteen quid, you know, for for a five hour experience. Even if you're not running around like a maniac doing gameplay stuff, I'd quite happily pay fifteen bucks for a five hour experience. That's well, it's cheaper than going to the movies. Beautiful. Yeah, it's so. a, and it's a, a beautiful story as well. And don't just you can follow 
certain things and just get the main story points but it is worth exploring every nook and cranny of every area because there's audio tapes there's visuals that just begin when you walk into certain areas and then there's the main core story as well and they all yeah you, you i would say having all of them will give you more a better understanding of what's going on okay I might try and convince the wife to sit down with me instead of watching a movie over a couple of nights and play it. Mm, it well, as I say, if my if my wife can sit down and play it, and she will not play computer games, she <laughs> will not pick up a control, but she actually took the control off me because you are just walking and pressing X. I was able to give her the control and just let her take over, which is the first time she's ever done that. And it, it was it was really nice. It was a nice experience for to sit down with the wife and do something like that for a change there to let go. her take control rather than her just be bored and like staring at a screen. But even so the story, she was, she even said she was quite blown away. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, so non, non gamers endorsement. That's good. Yeah. That's always a good thing. But on the same tone, it, it full gamers can be a bit touchy about it because it kind of isn't a game. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it is, it is a grey area. I, mm. t- to be honest, in some ways, a lot of the Telltale games are kind of almost fit in that category as well. There's very little gaming going on. You make you yeah. choosing dialogue. It's like a pick a path book. I totally agree. I completely agree. I never even made that connection, but now saying that, I yeah, completely agree. Because they offer, they sometimes have you can control the character, but most of the time it's just story isn't it yeah you moved you just moved that person to there pick that up and that's basically uh most of it as you say is like speech and dialogue and cutscenes. yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and they're they're uh renowned games aren't they so but i i do suppose everyone's gone to the rapture got amazing reviews by most people so yeah, and you mentioned not wanting to spoil the story. Doesn't the title spoil the story for everybody? We know what happened. No. <laughs> Everyone's gone to the rapture. <laughs> oh, I'm just teasing. <laughs> but but oh, you're kind of not. It kind of is, but it isn't. This is what I mean. It's If you take the rapture in a literal sense of, like, obviously, that's when God came down and he took all the good people to heaven, didn't he? That's what supposedly happens during the rapture isn't it yeah so but you know from the start you're basically in a village and everybody's gone you're the only person there so it's just working out where the hell everyone went and what happened basically yeah interesting yeah there's another the one i want to try is vanishing of ethan carter Ooh, yes i i totally agree i i saw that and that's kind of looks like in the same vein but with a bit more gameplay elements to it um, yeah, it's one that took a look, looked interesting, and I like the concept of it. Um, it's been out on PC for a while now, but I've been waiting for it to come to PS4. Excuse me. Yeah, because it is out on P- uh, PS4 now, isn't it? Oh, is it out now? Oh, I missed yes. that. <laughs> it is. It popped up a week and a half, maybe two weeks ago. <laughs> I missed that. Adrian, you've been ill. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool, I'll have to have a look into it and try them all yeah, out. Yeah, it's and that's only, I think, it's like £13. With PlayStation Plus, I think. Oh, cool. Yeah, so the, uh, and apparently it's well worth that money. Like, really, really worth it. So that's another one that looks looks brilliant. Um, looks 
um, if I remember correctly, it's it's where they've taken like photos. It's where they take photos of real scenery and put it inside game. Oh, um, okay. To, See, I'd, 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 yeah, that's why it looks so realistic. Um, like you can get rock textures that actually look realistic because it actually is a rock texture. Um, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, and again, they can oh. they can do it because of the there's less resources going on. There's not big explosions or or soldiers running yeah. around screaming or yeah, and so they can Ooh, they, that, they can make the scenery look even better. Yeah, that that that's the thing that that was the same thing with Rapture because they haven't got to worry about anything. Oh, that game just looks. I, I can't get over how good it looks. It's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. I'd love to live there. Because the thing is, it's based in uh, a town called Yulton in Shropshire, which is uh, a few hours away from me. So I know how beautiful these towns are. And it looks just like that in real life, to be honest. So it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Did it, <laughs> did it make you feel nostalgia for your own own country? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Because it is just, it's, it's a quintessential English country town. Yeah, it is. And yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, loved it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, mm. So, what else have you been dipping into? Uh, Metal Gear, <laughs> Metal Gear, Metal Gear, and some more Metal Gear. <laughs> yep, it's yeah, a good I'll... game. And it oh. look, looks great. Like, I haven't seen a desert look so good in a long time. Oh man, I, I just like, I think it is a stunning looking game and it's running at a solid 60 frames. Not once yeah. have I had that game dip at all. It's not been noticeably. solid. Not noticeably, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, like it, it, minimum maybe 55, but I've, because as I say, coming from PC gaming, I'm, I'm a bit of a stickler for frame dips, so I'm really, I can notice them quite easy, but... I haven't had any real problems with it. And it does look beautiful as well. It's just the lighting and the textures and stuff. is just fantastic. And it'll be a shame to, I hope the Fox engine goes on to do, to be licensed out. Cause it will be, it, I think it would be a shame to see that engine just waste just away to nothing. Sit in the Konami archives. <laughs> like everything else they own. Yeah. Well, you know, just one thing. Well, there's going to be more than one thing. We're going to talk about this a little bit, aren't we? <laughs> the <laughs> first thing, then, is open world games need to look at Metal Gear Solid and see how they do a map. When you start a game, you shouldn't open the map and just your eyeballs be accosted with thousands and thousands and thousands of stupid icons like we get in Assassin's Creed, like we get in... I guess Far Cry and all these other Batman and all these other other open world games. You open the map mm. in Metal Gear Solid. You've just arrived to this new location. The map is empty. <laughs> yes. You, and then as you play the game, the map gets gets populated from things you do. Yeah. That is that is how an open world map should should work. So you're learning and you're adding to the map. I open the, the Paris map in Assassin's Creed Unity and I go, I have no idea where the heck I am. And I just start running around <laughs> and stabbing dudes. Like, it just makes no sense. You've got icons on top of icons and I just don't know what they all mean. I don't even care and I just want to do the missions. And 
it, it you, you're right. It gets to the point where they have to have icon filters <coughs> on them, and you have you can turn off certain icons so you can actually see what the hell that's going on. Yeah. Whereas oh, this, man. you open up and it's just clear, and you go, "Okay, I need to go to this village. I can't pronounce its mm. name, but because I've been told it, and it's the only name." around it i can actually see it i can go to it i can see the lay of the land from the map because there's no icons in the way and then you start finding resources and that populates the map and so you now you know where to go back to find that mineral or that that yeah. herb because you've your experience has colored that map uh you've filled it in and so every map everyone's my map's gonna be different than your map depending on which way i go um and which I, which items I find and see, and that is how a map should be done, and that's how an open world should be done. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's, it, I know what you mean. though. you can't. I hate those maps that are overpopulated, and it, you, you, it's kind of overwhelming because you don't know where to start, and you're like, what do I do? Where do I go? What's the best route of attack? This game says, well, look, let's start you out on a few things, and as you go, you'll start picking up these bits, and then you can decide. Oh, I'll go over here. Oh, let me go check that. And you just get more and more. But even so, even when it's like quite popular, my map's quite heavy populated now, but I can still see everything and I know what is going on. It's not just just ridiculous where I don't, I'm like, oh, what the hell is going on? I still can see all my core points. Yep. And the other thing I like as well with like the side quests, the way the side quests work, you don't necessarily have to select them. Oh, you can just you, go do them. Yeah, you just... Because they can activate. Even if you didn't know they were there, if they're in your list, you can just be running through an area. And if you run into its zone, it activates. Nice. It says, oh, right. Yeah. Oh, you, you're in this area. We've got someone that needs rescuing, blah, blah, blah. So you don't even know, and you've just stumbled into a zone. Whereas most other open world games, you have to run to a... Talk to a man. He gives you a mission. You go and do that. Come back to the man and... Whereas this, it is like, oh, bugger. I, I, I accidentally activated one whilst I was, I can't remember, I think I was running away from someone and ran through and it was like, oh, you've got to do this. I was like, oh, bugger, I've got to get away from this geezer first. And it's just <laughs> like, it was totally on the fly, totally un... What I, what I would say with this game, it's just completely unscripted. Everything is on the fly and that's what I like. That, but that's the magic, I think, behind it because it's, as you say, mm. it's unscripted and there's... And it's it's quite dynamic because you can, um, unlike other Metal Gear Solids, you can, which are often done in episodes or in in, in acts. I think uh, Metal Gear Solid Four was yeah. done in acts. Um, you can. I did. I did uh, episodes five before I did three and four. Um, and as you say, so it's mm. it's there's this kind of hidden script behind behind the unscriptedness. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yep. Um, and that's the beauty behind it, I think, is because there is there is this master plan, but you're kind of writing the details or the, the lines yeah. as you play the game yourself. Well, that, that, that's right. They, they have that you have your main core story points, but you will only receive them once you've hit a certain criteria. But you can do that criteria in any order which you see fit so say if you had 10 missions you could do mission 9 mission 7 1 5 6 no matter what order until you and once you've done all them 10 that's when they'll go right here here's a here's an fmv 
here's a five minute FMV for a bit of story and then we'll send you on your way again. And I like the way he's approached it this time. Don't get me wrong, I loved Metal Gear 4, but like when you you play the game for 10 minutes and you sit there for 45 minutes watching a video, it, it it's like, I just want to play the game. <laughs> but I think this way he's, he's, it's like you're sculpting your own stories. Right. Like I, I, I've got a friend at work, Fingers blank. I've spoke about him in the past, and he he's he's never played Metal Gear before. He's never been interested. Never wanted to play oh, it. Yes. Pick this, pick this game up, and he's absolutely blown away by it because of the open world freedom. And we we we're playing sort of at the same level, and he's doing the same missions as I am. And we go in and we talk to talk to each other about the missions, and it's so mad how how very varied our approaches to the missions can be like one of the missions like i can't remember what it was like i had to rescue someone and i've gone in like all stealthy sneaker saved everyone and he's just gone running in with a big tank basically and just blown everything up and killed everyone and like, <laughs> no one's alive and he's done it completely different but he's got the same outcome as me it's it, it's nice to hear those stories and how it is and, and the other thing that i like as well is if you screw up, it's not end mission restart. You yep. you can fix it on the fly. Yeah, it's still not it's, it's game over. Yeah, off you go. Yeah, <laughs> and I like that because th- that's how it would happen in the real world. It wouldn't just be right. I say end of mission. They'd still go right. Okay, we can probably still fix this. Like there was a, a one thing where there was. Uh, an interpreter no spoilers I promise guys yeah. but there was an interpreter I had to had to follow him to find something and I was like I really need that interpreter I don't want to follow him just in case he gets shot so bugger it I'm going to knock him out and I'm going to send him back to mother base so I did and then I got a phone call oh you're supposed to follow him now now you're gonna, you can't find the man so right you're going to have to go out and start interrogating people now to try and find the location it's like and I was like, oh, that's really cool. That is so cool. So even though I changed their parameters, they've then changed the mission parameters for me because I've I've done something that they didn't expect, but they've adapted to that and gone, right, so you need to now... You've made it harder on yourself, but you can still complete this mission. Yes, and yeah. that that is cool. Mm. Having that, that, um, that it can see. I think I did something different. I can't remember what it was now, and I think I got a different cutscene happened differently because I think I did something differently as well but I can't remember what it was now but one I do remember last night that I think I saw to didn't break the level but it changed it and I think it confused the AI a little bit was it was at this giant bridge kind of structure and it Mm. was the only way to get through to um a bottleneck an area that was kind of just behind here within the main mission and it was it was what it was a main mission level and they had a um, a soldier as a prisoner, and yep. I was told to find him because he might be able to tell me where the item is I was looking for. And they had him. There was lots of guards, and I kind of said, like, "Heck, there's too many guys. How am I supposed to trank dart all these these guards?" Um, and then I saw that you could. Um, I actually, I actually failed the mission the first time, and I went away, and I came, I couldn't play it at that time because I ran out of time. So I came back and just restarted the mission, and so I knew that that they were going to get in a jeep and drive off, 
and head to where the, the end of the mission is going to happen. And so yeah. this time I came in, I was like, and this is kind of this valley or canyon. And I could see across. I, yeah, the, I know exactly what mission you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, you could see on the other side that there's a, there was a crack and you can climb cracks with, um, your awesome bionic arm. And so yeah. I, I knew what they're doing. I knew they're going to be interrogating the guy and they're going to get in a jeep. So I just beelined across this canyon, jumped down the cliff, ran across up the crack, took out the guards at the end of the post, called my horse, got him to poo on the road. <laughs> <laughs> the jeep full of soldiers like four three soldiers and the prisoner comes hooning down the road spit, skids out all the guards get knocked out i take the prisoner out i falcon him out um and so we could get the information from him i get the information the guards wake up and drive on their merry way it didn't say a thing and i was like what the heck and I end up getting to the <laughs> the end in place, and there's a, it's a huge encampment, like the biggest that I've come across so far in the game. Like where, and there's yeah. so a lot of guys. I'm like, how the heck am I supposed to get through? Um, and I get, I kind of get edge a bit closer, take out one of the you know the um, outskirting guards, and then all of a sudden, like the the prisoner's gone. <laughs> like he's been gone for like twenty minutes. What do you mean? Um, <laughs> I and, didn't even notice that he was gone. <laughs> yeah, and then. Um, which was a bit, and so then they got an alert, which kind of bugged me a little bit. So I did, I think I kind maybe, of. Maybe they had concussion from the crash. Well, maybe. Um, <laughs> and they was all dizzy when they got back in the van and didn't think to look <laughs> in the back and just drove off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think yeah. I, I think I broke the, the level a little bit. And so the alert went on a lot later. Um, yeah. And then, then the cool thing was a sandstorm blew in. So I was able to kind of sneak through right through the middle of the base. And, and then I. <sighs> I love those sounds. <laughs> yeah. And then, then I kind of snuck around and I, then I found like the thing. I was like, oh, there's a locked door. And I pick it and I think that's where the, the prison is supposed to be. <laughs> but obviously it was empty because I'd already got him home. Um, <laughs> but I love that freedom that you could create. Um, mm. That I just, I thought, hey, I've just, my horse has learned how to poo on command. I've seen that you can skid out cars using poos, so <laughs> just give it a go. And it, <laughs> and it paid off, and it was brilliant. And I think I saved the the video so I can share it with the world later. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, you have to share that. It was a pure big boss brilliance. Um, yeah, good game. Really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, though I didn't really like the, the end of that mission. It turns all action-y, and I, I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing. And I died a couple of times because I was like, am I running away? I can't see anything. I don't know. So I think I know. I won't. No spoilers, I promise. Is it where you get grabbed by something yes. in the dark and then you have to escape? Yeah. With the thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, think it's, I think it's the mission. Yes, that is the one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I thought so. It, it just. <laughs> On that, I, I just ran like Mary Hell. <laughs> well see I tried I that sprinted it, like Mary Hell it, the screen just went almost black and I couldn't see and stuff it was like an ash storm or something it was weird yes the ash storm yeah. um, and so I kind of I think I popped on my old uh, night vision goggles that would have been a smart idea so I could see where I was going obviously you're a lot clearer and smarter than me <laughs> <laughs> I, the only problem is you why I, I that's another thing that Kojima was saying about the game adapting. Oh, the game fucking does adapt to you. Oh, 
I basically, I tend to go in a lot at night time, sneaking suit on, night vision goggles on. Duh, 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 duh. Now, all the fucking guards have got night vision goggles themselves. So, yeah, that's it's made my life a hell of a lot difficult because they've upgraded themselves and got night vision goggles now because they know I strike a lot at night time. Nice. So, so the game's already starting to adapt to my playstyle, so I'm going to have to start changing it up, and I think I'm going to have to do some strikes during the day to kind of even it out a bit and confuse the uh, AI. But it's I really like it, and also Trank Darting, they've all started to wear helmets now. Ah, uh, yes, yep. But the other thing that I noticed, which is really, really awesome, if you do that and they start wearing helmets, there's side ops that you can send your men on that can disrupt the chain of supply for helmets. So they have less helmets to wear, so only some of them will be wearing helmets Man. rather than all of them. See, I haven't tapped into a lot of that stuff yet. I've just unlocked my surveillance group. Um, yeah. Um, and I think I slowed myself down expanding my base because I was being, I was being, I was being smart. When I first opened up the first three missions, you got three, four, and five. I was like, huh, I'm not going to do three. Number five has got a engineer which can upgrade my arm. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I mean, or, or mm. smart. And I, I rescue him and then he can't do anything because my base is not, my um, research team isn't high enough level. Yeah, you need your R&D <laughs> team higher. So I was, yeah. I was like, oh, dang it. Game beat me again. Um, oh, here, here, here's a lovely little trick that I figured out as well. I, I shared this with my mate and I share it with all you people as well. When you've got... um. You got all your men that you fought and back to your base, didn't you? And they all owe assign them jobs to R and D, all those types, all the different platforms, <coughs> didn't they? Yep. So if you so if you look at say your R and D and you've got a a thing you want to upgrade and it says, Oh like you need level blah 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 basically take everyone from your other teams and throw as many people as you can into your R and D until you get that level. Stack it. Stack it, yep, get the level, start development, and then send everyone back to their other teams. That <laughs> piece of equipment will continue to develop, and you will still receive it. Sweet. Yeah, I've done that a few times. It I did that sense. with the Fortin system, so I, I got my Fortin system before, technically before I should have, like that for doing uh, the cargo containers and stuff, because I needed three more levels, but I took everyone out of my intel and my support, threw them in there, and then it leveled up, started the development, then put them back in my Intel and support teams, and it continues to develop anyway. Cool. So it, it's it's a nice way to look. If you is this if there's something you want sooner, you can generally get it quicker than than waiting around too long. Because if you look, all, all of the men have got all different stats. Yep. Like they might they might have say a B in Intel, but they might have a high C. In your R and D, so they they will help your R and D. It's all about management, but once you get it, you can just auto assign them and put them all back in their teams again. Nice. It's, it's yeah, it's it's got me a lot of stuff upgraded quicker than I should have had it, which is great. Yeah, it's it's no, it, it makes sense. Um, it's just numbers. I started off just bolted, uh, like pulling everyone, pulling everyone. Oh, I still out. do. Um, and then I kind of got a board of that because I just keep getting this like lots of rubbish characters. Um, and I think my team's got full, but now I'm upgrading my base so I can have more guys, so I have to start up again. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I still fought on everyone at the moment because I, I've upgraded. Basically, I've got all the platforms, and then I've got more platforms added onto those platforms. Yep. 
Nice. So the amount of men I can have is quite high. So I'm just constantly sending people back. So my levels are just getting really, really high now. But I, I, I said when I when the came, I heard about it. I said to my mate at work, I said, oh, I'm not. I probably won't get into all that like base development stuff and all that. I'll just let it sort itself out. <laughs> but oh my god, it's addictive. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, must have everything. You're all over it now. Uh, oh, it's ridiculous. That, there's another question. <laughs> have you uploaded your Ground Zero save file? I did. Yes. Whoop. Whoop, whoop. Mild spoiler warning alert. Mild spoiler warning alert. If you don't want any spoils whatsoever for Metal Gear Solid 5, you need to fast forward at least two minutes to make sure you're all clear. That's two minutes for no spoilers. Whoop, whoop. Transmission out. So you would have got Kojima himself. I have, yes. He's... I do believe he's in my intel team because i think he's like a s he's an s yeah 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 um you get the sneaking suit really early as well didn't you so you get you get the ground zero sneaking suit really early which makes infiltration so much easier um yeah i got that i do switch to the desert one when i'm in the daytime in the desert but yes i do get the ground zeros one um yeah i thought it was really cool uh, and it worked really well um that was spoiled for me though. Like it was kind of, I guess it's not a big spoiler, but it, those are the kind of little things I like to find out myself. Um, mm. So I guess I just spoiled it for everyone else. But everyone should know by now, because <laughs> um, it's all over the internet that Kojima's in the game. Um, yeah. To, yeah, to be honest, when I when I got him, I, I didn't know about it. He just popped up, and I was like, "Oh, awesome!" It must have been because I rescued him from Ground Zeroes. Well, yeah, that's what I would have liked to have happened. But I was listening to Gamespot News, and <laughs> they just announced that confirmed kojima's in five i was like that's not news that's spoiler it's okay for everyone who's listening i would have gone back edited and put a spoiler warning in for you i will put that oh, in yeah, sorry <laughs> that's cool now i'll stick that in there just in case <laughs> i'll go back and put well, on him yeah i guess i figured it's it's quite early in the game that everyone has done it has done it now um yeah, you're it, right. if you've uploaded your ground zero save you should get him fairly early on i told my friend at work like to, to upload his save because they only um, patched in that upload because that did confuse me he was like Ground Zero's updated I was like what the hell have they patched in and then obviously <laughs> I turned it on and it was the upload save data thing that's basically all they patched in I was like oh okay so, I wonder if there's any <clears throat> kind of new mission or secret stuff that that um, the patched into Ground Zero's <laughs> that could be cool I don't know. That'd be cool. It would be cool, but I, by what I'm led to believe, literally that that patch was literally just for the um, save data upload. Yeah, but we Kojima man, he's sneaky. Yeah, he. Oh, don't talk to me about him and story and sneaky. That <laughs> the, the intro of this game has been on my mind constantly since I've started playing it, and it's still put questions in my head i've watched that intro at work on my phone about five or six times trying to piece together everything and oh, it makes my brain it, hurt <laughs> it is interesting um I, that doesn't count as spoilers does it talking about the intro <sighs> I don't, for, for people that haven't played it and obviously theories as well can possibly class as spoilers so i don't know I don't know if we should save it for our Metal Gear special. 
Okay, we'll save it. But yeah, it is an interesting start. Um, brutal. Mm. Is yes. I think it was one of my um, favorite tutorial levels I've played in the game in some ways. Um, the way it kind of s- slowly introduces you to how the game moves and yeah. plays one like it was like one direction at a time almost <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> it was it was it was intense it had um yeah it taught you stealth it taught you hiding it taught you movement it taught you yeah. to fear <laughs> fear bullets <laughs> fear everything <laughs> uh, um, yeah it was good um so yeah, I think I think we get a resounding two thumbs up from myself and and Death Note for for this game. If I had three or four thumbs, I would put them up as well. When I ask Odin if he likes a game, he likes to say three thumbs up. Um, so <laughs> so yes, I'll let you have that one. You can have three thumbs for this three one. Three thumbs for this one, most definitely. Yeah, I, I, when when the, when the results like the results, <laughs> you have won. No, the reviews started coming out, and I was like, tens, ten out of ten, ten out of ten. I was like, wow, that's that's pretty high. And then everyone started. I saw the conspiracy videos <coughs> coming out about how obviously they had to go to Konami and they were under NDA, blah blah blah. And I was like, oh, could it be one of these ones? But now playing it myself, I can fully understand that those scores are genuine scores and they truly mean what they've written about them in their review. So, yeah. Don't trust those people on YouTube. They're all just angry, bitter people. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. There's a lot of, you know, pu- publisher review sessions. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of um, negativity about them and stuff. It, it, it was were... just... Go on. There, there were game sites. I'm pretty sure Game, um, GameSpot. They didn't, um, they didn't go to one of those review. I'm sure they had people there, but their, um, their reviewer, uh, he, he played it, in the freedom of his own time, I believe. Yeah, there was a and, few yeah, uh, reviewers that managed to get the game, like ultra trustworthy ones, I think. But they all were all signed under NDA to obviously not release certain story aspects and stuff. Which is fair enough. That's Which fair is enough. fair enough, but because they'd signed an NDA, you know what the internet's like. Oh my god, NDA, they're hiding everything. It's a terrible yeah. game. Sen- media censorship. Ugh, jeez. As soon as like I heard them say, like they did it with Metal Gear 4 as well. They had to go to Konami under NDA to not talk about certain aspects. And that's because they don't, Kojima don't want to give his story away. And that's just, this, that's just how it is. But yeah, you know what the internet's like. <laughs> yeah. They're all crazy. Uh, <laughs> I, very impressed. Um, I started like last night when I was playing. I imagined what Metal Gear Solid 3 would be like in the same kind of game creation. Like imagine hmm. if Metal Gear Solid 3 was an open world. Hmm. Version. Yeah, see, yeah, it just kind of blows my mind. Mm. <laughs> see, I'm, 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 un, I'm unsure because I, I think the early ones, are, they were what they were because they had like that direct story. I don't know whether those stories would have been able to have been told in the way that he's doing Phantom Pain. I'm, I'm not sure. 
That's, it's a I hard think, one. Yeah, no, I completely understand what you mean. I think three would be the only one that could. Mm. Because it has that whole, you're in a, you're in a large geographical area. It's just you couldn't go around it all at once. Um, yeah. No. I think, yeah. I think three could manage it. I don't think the other ones could. Nah, like, nah. I, I see what you mean with three because yeah. obviously the, the the areas you were in and whereas the other other ones are you like on bases and small areas you're not in open land yeah yeah, yeah. It, that's basically what the, the I, I class Phantom Pain as like Peace Walker 2.0 <laughs> well that's true yeah it is it's a, it's a full console version of uh, Portal Bops and Peace Walker with mm. the, the base management and the recruiting and yeah, and taking in missions. Well, anyway, that's the uh, end of the podcast. I'm going to play some Metal Gear. Bye, everyone. <laughs> yep. oh, it's, oh, I haven't been able to, as I say, I haven't been able to play it because obviously Thursdays and Fridays, as everyone listening, you should have days with your wife. It's important. Yes, so, it is. <laughs> but yeah, I've been spending the time first. So I took two days off work. I took uh, the Tuesday it came out and the Wednesday off work. I booked those two days off and literally got up nine in the morning till like 11 at night solid playing through and then two days so i was just saturated with it and then i haven't been able to play since so i'm just like i've got, I've got like the withdrawal shakes for metal gear solid i'm just like must play <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah yeah it's been crazy i want to get back on it but it'd be nice i'll get a few hours in over the weekend definitely nice yeah. yes good yeah. game recommend <sighs> fantastic and the good thing is like i think i didn't i said that oh, i probably wouldn't do all the extra stuff but i've got a feeling once i finish it i'm gonna carry on with the because uh, i think it stays open doesn't it so you can still do all the side ops and all that sort of stuff i think i'm not i sure. believe it will yeah. i believe it will but yeah I do. Oh, actually because i'm wondering if because you have talked about how the game is quite open um hmm. and flexible in the storytelling it's not as linear and rigid that's some of the other one, uh, the other Metal Gears. Mm. Um, but you're right, Portable Ops and Peace Walker were very similar in that way. Um, yeah. That, I wonder if near the end of the game, when you start getting down to the pointy end mm. of the stick, um, that I wonder if it will, yeah, I wonder if it will start becoming a bit more restricting and, 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 and funneling you down a certain path. I see. I, I don't think, as it goes for gameplay, it will. But I think you'll see more more, more cutscenes. I, yeah. I, I I've heard from a few people who who have finished it that there are more, but they're still not long. If that makes any sense. But there is one complaint that everyone's talking about, and a few of my friends have said the same thing: is to open up the last mission of the game. You have to go back and get S ranking on a couple of the old missions. You have to get that S ranking. Otherwise, it won't open the last mission in the game, which I think is a bit turd. Yeah. I'm averaging. Uh, Yeah, that is a bit. Well, that's the same to Ground Zeroes. I I haven't unlocked the last two. I haven't spent much time with it. But yeah, to unlock the last couple of missions, I think you've got to get S rank. uh, Have you? Oh, yeah, I haven't unlocked. Or maybe I've got to find stuff I haven't found. Oh, yeah, no. That, that, that those last two missions are the uh, Deja Vu and the Orme Vu, whatever it is, missions. Yeah. 
But no, all you have to do is find the um, XOF uh, badges, all, all nine of the badges, and that unlocks them two missions. Oh, is that what it is? I couldn't work out what it was, because I'd been replaying Ground Zeroes a few times, mm. and I couldn't work out what it was to do. It. Yeah, you just got to get the nine XOF patches, and then that unlocks them. Okay. But yeah, see, that's not as bad, though, because they're like extra bonus missions. They're not actually mm. finished game missions. Exactly. So if someone's playing it, and they're not like super, super amazing, that last hour or so is going to be a bit of a chore. Or for someone like your friend who just wants to go blow things up. Yeah, exactly. And but he, but to, to be honest, he's ne- It's quite funny actually. Kojima's obviously that good at telling a story. He's never played any of the others, but he feels really invested in this story. We sat and <laughs> talked about that intro and what it could mean for a whole day at work, like eight hours solid, just talking about the possibilities and our own theories. And he's never given two flying fucks about Metal Gear before so for him to be that invested in this story it's, it says something from just basically one cutscene nice yeah that's pretty awesome my theory is everyone is invested in Metal Gear Solid story it's just they don't know it <laughs> yeah you just you just haven't been infected by it <laughs> it's yeah, like it's, a plague <laughs> the the Patriots are controlling everything they, they know they know what the know. number is <laughs> those pesky patriots <laughs> um yeah I think we could go on for hours we need to we need to kind of draw a line in the sand and we'll come yes. back to this yes uh, we have a we have a guest lined up for a Middle Gear Solid um special in a few weeks time once everyone's dug their teeth into it thoroughly and yeah. maybe even finished it I'm, I'm hoping that obviously by the time we do it sort of near the end of the month we would have all at least finish just the main story at least yeah I'm sure our guest will because he got it five days early yeah I'd say (laughs) I couldn't believe that five days early (laughs) I know that's yeah it's insane Uh, (laughs) yeah so we truck along with um, other points we want to discuss today well, to, to be honest, as you say, it's been, it's been hard because obviously Metal Gear's just been saturating my life. But I have been, I've been watching Destiny. Haha, <laughs> yes, Destiny. It's back in my life. <laughs> the people that have listened to obviously the podcast from the start will know that I was heavy into Destiny. And then I, I pretty much fell out of love with that game because of just the, just the end game just falling into a repeat cycle which kind of sucked and you weren't really going anywhere because you couldn't level up without getting certain items and things but they're they're basically completely overhauling that for the <coughs> Taken King expansion they're <coughs> so it's just a light level cap now you have excuse me uh, oh pardon me that's what whiskey and coke will do to you. Oh dear. Yeah, they, they they basically have a regular level and then your light level. So obviously your regular level, you're constantly leveling up via XP and doing stuff. And then your light level is via the gear you're getting. And it's not like a gradual, the, the way they do it, instead of like steps, big steps, it's like a um, uh, a residual curve. 
so it's small upgrades gradually rather than waiting six months for one big upgrade so you're constantly progressing and doing a bit so you feel like you're actually getting somewhere rather than just hitting a brick wall and it feels more like an rpg should be a shooter rpg and a lot of the stuff just the way they're handling new weapons and like the vault the way they're handling that with weapons now say the exotic weapons if you lost them before you were buggered they were gone if someone deleted them off your account or whatever but now you they're holding blueprints so you can you can get them again and oh, that's cool <laughs> yeah that happened to me um my son deletes all my good stuff and so i was just like i'm done i remember you saying yeah i remember <laughs> you saying that that that's my point and it happens it does happen but you can now get them again but another thing that really really cheered me up that's pissed the community off something to the end is uh, that rocket launcher that everyone talks about, the mighty Gallahorn or the Yallahorn, if you're uh, from the correct side of the world. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's now going to be obsolete and not be worth two rubs, which is great, because I, ref- I never received it after playing from day one, constantly, every day, never got it. And I knew friends who played it for 10 minutes and received it as a random drop, which pisses you off thank because you put a lot of time into it someone puts in five minutes and gets the stuff straight away that's that's the joy of r&d it's it is gambling mechanics basically yes it's playing that roulette wheel but that weapon it was quite funny actually because everyone went bananas because uh zer the guy who comes to the main uh area and sells exotic weapons every week the other week he basically came to the tower and he had this rocket launcher for sale so everyone went bananas everyone bought it yeah amazing we got the galahorn everyone's got it now and i was like yeah i'm not buying it i refuse to buy it i'm not wasting my car i don't want it <laughs> I, I, i'm like no everyone wants it i don't want it i'm one of them types of people <laughs> everyone has it i'm not having it <laughs> But um, yeah, they they done that, and then literally a week later they announced that it wasn't going to be uh, moving over to year two specs. So it's staying as year one specs. So basically, in all the new Taken King stuff, it's not going to be worth nothing. <laughs> you can't <laughs> even use it anymore. <laughs> so I was just like, hey, hey, hey. I was on Twitter just laughing. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I hate it. They they accidentally made it too powerful. They even admitted themselves they didn't mean to make it that powerful. And by time it had gained the traction it did, they couldn't nerf it because it would have been suicide. It's what kept people playing the game at that time because it was was the holy grail, basically, and people kept playing and playing to get that rocket launcher. And... Now they've basically, they've nerfed it and it's not going to year two because there's so much more stuff there now, all the content and all the new gear. Basically what they're saying is like top level gear from year one is only just as good as low level gear of year two. So you'll be doing like low level blues and greens again rather than your purples and that, which is quite cool. So there's so much more stuff now. All that stuff's going to basically get forgotten about. So it's it's starting afresh, and I, I like the concepts they've they've put into it as well. The the new strikes, the new raid looks fantastic. They've it seems like they've actually put a lot of effort into this this expansion and and learnt from their mistakes. 
That right. sounds very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> like last year's stuff is the tiered and uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 to be honest, I've been tempted to jump back into it because a lot of people I communicate with online play, mm. and so it would be fun to play with with them. But um, it means buying the whole game again, and so I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> the, no, see. I don't see know. The thing is, though, the the deal they're doing at the moment with the Taken King is amazing. It's basically the same price as the expansion, but you get Destiny, uh, the Dark Below, House of Wolves, and the Taken King, which is the new expansion, all for basically the same price as the Taken King. So they really and, oh, and you get a, a a boost as well. So you basically you boost your character straight to level twenty five, so you can start playing Taken King as soon as you get it, so you don't have to worry about year one stuff yeah they, yeah they it, really it sounds like a complete sort of it sounds like a completely different game now um than mm. when i played it I, i've always been kind of thought the level level system was a bit weird like when i first started you know you think it's like a normal rpg you're leveling up but it doesn't I... really seem to do anything it's just a number that means you can equip stuff and i've yeah. kind of never liked that i kind of was always wished that it was a bit more of stats or yeah, a bit more. Yeah, it's make. funny. Look, it, I, 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 yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's kind of the same way again. Basically, as I said, you've got your level and you got your light level. Your level upgrades through XP, and that level justifies what gear you can you can wear as as it did before. But now, instead of just having that gear, gives you the light level. The light level then works out how much defense, how much attack rating you have. And then, then that all modifies to sort of how much damage output you can do. Kind of like Baldur, the way Borderlands works. It's, yeah, it's it, it, it's hard to explain. It's, it's quite complicated. But yeah, I, I never really understood the lights because I, I stopped before it got into the expansions uh, yeah. the first time through. Um, yeah, so maybe maybe I'll pick it up. Maybe I'll pick it up. Mm. It's it's definitely, yeah there's plenty of time the, the good thing is it's as you say they, they've they made it now so more people can play and you don't have to be playing all the high end stuff to enjoy the game and level up now you can just be doing daily stuff and receiving gear which is good which is pretty awesome so they, yeah they've learned their lesson and they're getting there so I think by time sort of it looks like they've done good with this, and then come Destiny Two, yeah, it'll be a whole. They should have done it from the start, to be honest. I don't know why they didn't. Yeah, oh yeah. I wonder how much of it's them learning, or how much of them is that they wanted to to draw it out. I yeah. I feel the the way it is going to be in Taking King is basically what they showed us when it first came out like that was the way they initially wanted the game to be built and to run it looks that way but activision of as you said have stepped in and gone right we want to make it last a bit longer draw it out so they've basically put it in as a basic set format and added bit by bit by bit until they've got to where they are now where it should have been a year ago 
Yeah, trying to think about because I do have a little bit of nostalgia for it because it was the I got my PS4 with it, and I it's yeah, so kind of the first next gen game I played. Um, current gen now. Um, mm. and yeah, and just yeah, it is it is a pretty game and it plays really well. Like it has, yeah, so it's a well crafted game. Yeah. And how it looks and plays, it's just, it wasn't, yeah, I just, I really enjoyed playing it with the one friend I had online <laughs> who was playing. I, yeah, I had no one playing with it with me, so that's the part of the problem, I think, I, that's why I burnt out, I had no, had no squad to go in, yeah. do things with, um, and I think that would have increased the longevity if I had a, a few a few blokes to play with. No, I definitely agree, in, in the initial game, you, you needed to uh, find friends and party up. Otherwise, it, it it just wasn't fun solo. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, it just wasn't super fun solo initially. But now you can kind of play it solo and you can still progress on your own. You don't need a team there, which is cool. But, yeah, yeah the community is quite good, to be honest. Like I found a, a bunch of guys and I've been with them for a while now. And, they're, they're, yeah, they've been a good bunch just on the sort of like the LFG groups and stuff. So. Nice. Well, yeah, I've, I've met a few people now who are right into it, so I might be, I might pick it up and jump in with mm-hmm. you and and with um oh and Stutch now has got on PS4 as well, so oh, cool. So we can yeah, so maybe maybe. From is I've still got The Witcher. I need to hurry up and finish. I was really Jeez, enjoying that. Jeez, Louise, you've got Witcher and Metal Gear Solid Five. You're you're buggered. You, you're filled up yeah. till like next year sometime. Uh, that will exactly. take you up to Dark Souls Three. <laughs> oh, yeah, it could. Um, like I was really enjoyed The Witcher and was getting into it, and then I just kind of yeah, other stuff to play. <laughs> I just t- it takes too long to get stuff done. Mm. Good, that, a great game. But yeah, I'm not I'm not even that far. I'm only like level like fifteen or something. Oh, okay. So you're not far in at all. Oh, uh, maybe I'm level eighteen. I don't know, but yeah, not really. Um, yeah, what else I got to play? Yeah, just there's always too much to play, and they oh, it's Rocket League. That's what did it. It was Rocket League spoiled really for me. <laughs> I think they did that for a lot of people. <laughs> um, I think every time Rocket I League. The on. Yeah, it was. It seems like it's just been an underground smash. That game. It's just came out of nowhere, and it's just been a massive hit. Yeah, I heard about it like a couple of weeks before it was released. So people were just saying, um, someone messaged me saying, Rocket League's going to be free on PlayStation Plus. It's a brand new game. It's awesome. Play it. Get it. And so I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Got it. And yeah, every time I turn my cold sore on, I think, I, oh, I'll play Witcher or I'll play this. Yeah. And I'm like, eh, Rocket League's fun. <laughs> you know, I'll play Rocket, I'll play a few rounds of Rocket League. And then I end up playing for a, for my whole time. Play Rocket League. <laughs> oh, uh, nice. I like it. It's spoiled. It's ruined me. Well, see, yeah, it's kind of Dark Souls stopped me being able to play any other game for a long time. When I played yeah. Dark Souls, I just, I just couldn't play any other game for like, for ages or a long, long time. Um, I think like XCOM was like the first game I played properly after Dark Souls. Just couldn't, yeah, I don't know. Just couldn't play other games. Just got bored. Mm, and Metal Rocket League doing, Metal Gear's doing the same thing to me at the yeah, moment. I can imagine. 
But yeah, Rocket League did that to me for the last little while. Uh, not because I've bought in other games, it's just Rocket League is so much fun. But now, uh, Middle Gear has taken back over. Like, it's it's allowed me to to get <laughs> back into, away. yeah, break away <laughs> from Rocket League. Um, yeah. Uh, other games, just talking about other games that are coming out, um, we've seen there's been a bit of controversy around Deus Ex oh, in the media recently. Oh. Uh, that's what this pre-order thing makes me want to do. Uh, seriously, like, when this came into the news, and I heard about it on a few websites, and, oh, man, it makes me sick to my core. I don't know whether anyone out there has seen it, but uh, basically it's a pre-order scheme that Square Enix, of all people, I love you, Square. Why have you done this? Ugh. But it is the it is horrific pre-order. Basically, normally you get your pre-orders, you get your bonuses, that's it, off you go. These ones are basically, the more people pre-order, the higher the tiers go. So, uh, there's basically... There's five tiers? There's, there's, there's five tiers, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so basically, I'll read, I'll read them out to you. Look, these, these, are, these are the tiers that they've got. You've got tier one. It's basically skin and arms loadouts for the game. So, like, skins and weapons, basically. And you get to choose between three packs. Pretty standard. But that's, if you, you've got to choose, though. That's the that's the silly thing. You've got to choose. Yep. Yep. You have to choose between... There's three, and you go, right, I want that one, that one, or that one. You don't get all three. You have to choose. So that's annoying to start out with. They're just skins and weapon loadouts. They've already made them. They're already there. Give them all of them. Exactly. Yeah. Tier 2 makes you choose. Choose again between a digital art book or a soundtrack sampler. Right. So why have you got to choose again? You've got the art book. You've got the soundtrack sampler. They're there. Why don't you do both? I don't I don't understand. Yeah. It, it just it baffles me. Then you go Tier 3 is an extra in-game mission. Woohoo. Thanks, guys. Mission that's already, once again, already pre-built. They've already built it. It's there. Tier 4. What have we got? Let's read. Between a comic book and a novella. What's a novella? A short story. Okay. Like uh, H.P. Lovecraft. He used to write novellas. Basically, okay. yeah, short stories. And then tier five, tier five is the one that kind of pissed me off the most. Basically, if they get enough pre-orders, <laughs> they will release the game four days early. So basically, what they're saying is a game's already going to be built by then, but we're not going to release it unless you lot pre-order it, uh, or we're holding it. We're holding this game ransom for another four days. You're not having it. What a bunch of arseholes. You know, Seriously. I, I read this article cause this morning when you shared it with me. Mm. And what really tops tops us off for me is that you can ignore all that. Because you're you going to get it all anyway. You can buy the collector's edition mm. for, I'm assuming this is American dollars, uh, $60 more than the standard. Yeah. And that gives you everything. 
so you you ignore the tier system and you get all the tier you get all the options but it's sixty dollars oh. more oh Jesus fucking Christ <laughs> but you so you can get the exact same content if everyone pre-orders for ninety dollars or you can guarantee to get it for hundred and fifty dollars yeah that that I don't know it sounds really weird I think it's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Do you think this is worse than the Watchdog um, kerfuffle, which needed a spreadsheet to work out where you should pre-order from? Uh, if, do you know what? I completely forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty bad. I, I feel it's... I, I think it's... The, the point that I've taken from this and... They're like, oh, they're trying to get everyone to pre-order, 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 pre-order. But the thing is, what you're telling me that when the game comes out, if they haven't met a certain amount, they're going to go, "Oh, actually, we did. We, our game isn't that interesting enough that nobody wants to buy it, so we're not going to release it the four days early." Codswallop, they're going to be fucking releasing it four days early anyway, because they're not going to turn around and say no one wanted to pre-order our our game because they all <laughs> think it's shite and we're disgusting, money-robbing bastards. They're not going to, are they? So basically, you're going to get that anyway. So what I'm saying is nobody out there pre-order. See what happens. I bet it comes out on the Friday anyway. That's interesting. It's all a bit weird. Um, my question is, is this all for console and PC or? I believe it is both. Um, yes, <coughs> PC, PS4, Xbox One. Yeah, they said they're... they're the math works out to be 39 different choices. Yeah, I really like this bit, though. It goes, the tagline here is something along the lines of infinite choices. But when you do the math <laughs> about the different options you have, you have and ordering on PC, PS4, PS4, or Xbox One, I believe the math shakes out to about 39 different choices. <laughs> <laughs> Not infinite. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it is... Uh... I, I don't know. It's well, I do know this is it is it is just rubbish. It's convoluted. It's uh, just going to give people decision paralysis because <laughs> people will still be trying to decide. Oh, what do I want? What's the best? And really, it's none of it's important. It's all just digital fluff. Like, who cares what your character <laughs> skin has? Exactly. Like, just, do, do these people not learn? Like, did they, they've put this bullshit out there after? A game that came out and got it completely right, i.e. Witcher 3. Buy our game, get all the fucking DLC for free. You're yeah. getting it anyway. Just buy the base game, you're going to get everything. Well, Done. That, that's why I like, I like how they... Because <laughs> they're going to um, make it. It's going to yeah. be made anyway, so just fucking have it. <laughs> I like how um, uh, what CD Projekt Red, uh, how they differentiate between DLC... And, and expansions. expansions. That's what it should be. That's an old PC term. You used to get DLC, which was skins and silly things, and then you got expansions, which were expansions to the world. Yeah. And, that, and you pay for expansions because that's a lot of work goes into them. As they know, skins and different things like that don't take them 10 minutes to do. And they've even, CD projects have said that. And they're a tiny little team. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, exactly. It's, and that's how From Software kind of their 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 DLC DLC with quotation marks are expansions. 
Um, yeah, their expansions like Notorious in the Abyss. That was more than worth the ten ten pound I paid for it. That was a whole new built area that was massive, new story, fantastic. Yeah. That to me was an expansion. Well, they brought a new magic that actually changed the whole yeah. how the whole game works, and it still works. <laughs> like it's it takes a lot of a lot of time to balance and create that content. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not interested in. Unfortunately, every every game does it now. Um, and, and the problem is, and do you know why every game does it? Because people still can. pre-order. Yeah. People need to stop pre-ordering. This is the thing. They, people need to vote with their wallet. Stop pre-ordering. The games are still going to come out. They're not going to not release them. <sighs> By pre-ordering, yeah. they, they've... Uh, they are, See, it's, it. But the thing is, like, if you look at it as well... People go, oh, I don't want to pre-order. I don't want to pre-order, but they're quite happy to pay for Kickstarters. Well, that's actually that's what this made me think of. Uh, <sighs> Kickstarters are pre-orders. You're getting exactly the same. You are paying for a game that isn't out yet. You'll get the game and a Kickstarter bonus, which is your pre-order bonus. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's what I thought of. This is like this sounds like Kickstarter. It is. It is basically a Kickstarter is a pre-order. They're exactly the same. They're just packaged slightly different, so well, people people look at them different. That's the, that's the unfortunate thing with Kickstarter. I think it has great potential for certain things, but it's become to be just you're pre-ordering something. Yep, it has. Um, but when, it's, when a, it it's a way of selling in around, advance. Yeah, when it initially came around, as you say, it was used to actually kickstart uh, a thing. Look, we have this thing. We don't have enough money to make it. If you're interested, put a bit of money, you'll get one. But it gives us the money to build. Yeah. That's not how it is now. Yep. Like, um, what what, um, was it? Yeah, the new Castlevania. It's not Castlevania, but it's by the guy that done Castlevania. Yep. They basically, they they wanted a kick. Yeah, Bloodstain, that was it. They wanted a Kickstarter for, I think it was 50000 or $90,000. was sank silly. And if they reached that, then the game would be built. They reached that, easy peasy. And he basically then turned around and said, look, I'm going to tell you, this is how it is. We've already been confirmed 90% of our budget. Uh, on yeah. the pretense that we did a Kickstarter, uncovered the other 10%. And that's what that money was. So yep, they've yeah, already yeah. been paid their money up front. The game's been built. They just All the people wanted to know is that th- there was going to be interest for the game. So that Kickstarter was technically not needed. Really, it's no. it's it's a bit naughty, really, because people think they're buying into something and creating something, but they're not. They're just. I feel I feel people are being used nowadays. I think with pre-orders and kickstarters, they're not what they initially were. A pre-order back in the day used to be because when you used to like say Grand Theft Auto Four, for example, yep, you had to pre-order that because those discs were going to run out. And you weren't going to be able to buy that damn game, so you pre-ordered it, so you knew you was guaranteed a copy. That was that that was for, not not. If I don't pre-order a game, it doesn't matter. I know I can still walk into a game store and I can still pick up a game because they're so mass-produced now. You're not going to struggle to pick up a copy of a of a disc. Yep, no, it's exactly right. It used to be like Souls games. I've always pre-ordered because they <laughs> tend to be they were more limited. Um, yeah. Whereas Souls, Dark Souls 3 will probably be quite abundant. I think it'll be quite heavily pressed. I don't think there'll be any need for pre-orders. Um, but I, always, I, I maybe if there is... 
even those the limited editions packs i like mm. my dark souls limited collectors ones i want the art books <laughs> so i tend to pre-order them because they do run out the art books yeah but yeah i mean with, the, with metal gear i i pre-ordered that on the pretense that i was going to get this poster didn't get my fucking poster though did i Oh, oh what? It. No, oh, guide. But I was quite stoked though because I bought the collector's edition guide, and that came with three lithographs, like lovely pieces of artwork. Do you know, oh, like nice. the sketch, the sketch work that they do, like that yep. really loose. That yeah, it's three big boss ones, but they're going up in my front room once I get them framed. Nice. They're, yeah, they're pretty awesome. Even the wife quite likes them. She was like, they're much better than the poster because the poster was just like a straight picture of like boss and quiet just covered in blood. But these are like awesome bits of artwork. So, and there's a really, really cool interview with uh, Kojima in the front, like in Japanese, and then with the English translation next to it. And it's uh, it's really nice for him to like to see him talking about the game. It's pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah, I might have to look at getting into getting that. Yeah, the the interview is really nice. Actually, it's him saying like, one of the things he says made me laugh actually because it was about. that oh I know you'll think that people have said that the story's a bit sparse and there's not a lot of it and he was like it's still the same amount of story and cutscenes as most other Metal Gears excluding Metal Gear 4 because that was over the top but <laughs> all other Metal Gears it's got the same amount of cutscenes it's just they're farther apart than they were before that's the only difference so it feels like it's empty up but it's not yep and it's- yeah looking like a mad genius as well in the picture I love the, I love his photos he takes. He looks like a crazy lunatic. <laughs> he does. Um, uh, so talking about the, the pre-orders, I think uh, I've talked about this with my brother. I think it was a while back. A lot of the um, it's all the blame doesn't necessarily always fall on the publishers or the game developers. A lot of it is mm. the pressure from the retail. Uh, retail know it. Um, pre-order bonuses or exclusive items help and so they push mm. um they push to get it so yeah it's it's kind of like a push and pull mentality and so it's i don't know i don't know if it's going to be fixed that easily <laughs> i don't like it uh, a lot of the times um I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's more than often it's the publisher. If you, I, I know IGN and Gamespot have both said as well that they obviously speaking to devs from within the game teams. They absolutely hate making pre-order bonuses because they yeah. they just want to go right there. You go. We just want to give it away. That it takes us ten minutes to make this or that, and that they actually are disgusted in making these, but they they have to because that's part of that the business model that they've signed up to and they have to do basically what the publisher asks of them yeah a lot I, of devs don't like doing it i think it'll be a mix between the publisher and the retail stores um pushing yeah. mm-hmm. because they want that's for physical copy obviously they sell consoles it. as well yeah yes that's true it's like i was it was it the soul caliber games like on one, you had Yoda. On the other, you had Darth Vader or whatever, wasn't it? On the yeah, Xbox that's right. And the PlayStation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it'd just be better if we could just play the game and it's, and it's completion and, and enjoy it for what it is rather than slicing it up or adding and, and taking away. It's yeah, it's all a little bit frustrating. It's, it's, I, I just feel there's no need for it nowadays. Just let 
the people decide when they'll buy your game and you'll get your sales figures and if anything doing stuff like this will make them lose sales figures because I know a lot of people who look at that and go ugh I'm not buying that game now and there are a lot of people out there like that like Evolve Evolve could have done so much better than it did but because of its silly DLC campaign a lot of people didn't buy that game who thinks up with some of the stuff that's what I don't understand They've got to be PR or business guys, haven't they? They're not. Some of these decisions, they people who are making them must, I don't know, must have had a lobotomy or something because it's just, <laughs> it just sometimes doesn't make sense. It's like, how do you think, like, you just need to Google DLC and you can see that people rant and hate, it, hate how it's done. And then they, they, they base their whole game around this is a game oh. built for DLC. Speaking of which... You just reminded me the other the other hate with with um, DLCs. What, what what do we have? We have microtransactions. Oh yeah. Well, that's why. what DLC is now. That's what it's become a dirty word. Um, mm. it's... But why is it in our beloved Metal Gear? Yeah, <laughs> I did put that in there. I we, um, we know. I I know. Could. Kojima, I love you. I know it's not your fault, mate. That's this Konami through and through. It just stinks of Konami. Yeah, I, I'm happy, <laughs> I, I haven't actually seen how it works in game, but I yeah, have they, what I have heard. They haven't had the servers sorted out there. That's why the servers have been broken. They so. Um, I have heard that it's not going to be as bad as it could be it's not going to affect main game it's only no just... it's got it's 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 all to do with the fob and the online invasions yeah and so that's not as bad because so i can forgive it i cannot uh, <laughs> well no i can put uh, the game in whole like i'm not gonna hate the game that's oh, what no, i mean forgive it not. it's it's just a shame that it is a once shame. again publishers sticking their rear rolls in and worrying about money is the same thing goes with grand zeros kojima said in his own little way that that was never supposed to have been cut off of phantom pain it was always supposed to be attached to phantom pain as a prologue but konami chopped it off to make some more money and that's basically what they're doing with this because they know people love online play they know they they know people love multiplayer so well you can spend this money to buy mother base coins to make your base stronger so when people invade you you've got a bigger stronger base blah 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 yeah. you can earn them in game have I earned one in game fuck no have I I haven't earned one yet not I one not there. the only time I've got some is because they've given me some because the servers have been down they give me some for free oh yeah they got their daily reward thing yeah but I've not earned one in game. They said like you can earn all the mother base coins in game. I've not earned a single coin yet. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, I I agree. It is it is a bit rubbish. Um, it doesn't need to be there. It's it doesn't sound as bad as the Mortal Kombat <laughs> pay to do fatality <laughs> crap that we got. What the, a, yeah, pay to so you only have to press one button to do a fatality. Jesus Christ! Yeah, um, where where do these people? They must have their heads up their own asses when they're thinking this shit up. 
Well, the, it's... The, 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 the country are trying to take advantage of people who who will pay it. Like, Yeah. Um, I think they... they... FIFA mm. Ultimate Team, there's another one for you. Yeah, not Abuse not... all the young kids who they know will quite happily spit money out for the silly card packs and they've got very... It's gambling. It's gambling, gambling for small kids. Yeah. That's what I see it as. It's also it's... taking advantage of people who... I think they, not affectionately, they refer to them as whales. I think is the the marketing term. Oh, wow, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's the oh people who will God who are who have money. Not a lot of it, but might not be switched on enough to realise that it's just been them taking advantage of. Holy shit! And there's enough I've of never people heard that. There's enough people out there like that. Yeah, it's, it makes me feel real bad <laughs> thinking, even thinking about it, talking it's, about it. It's awful. That is actually horrific. Like, oh, that's it's basically take advantage of these people who don't know any better. Yeah, because you think that's about disgusting. it, I'm I'm not I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm not going to pay to do a Mortal Kombat win, or I'm not going to pay for FOB. Hell no. <laughs> and do you, I don't know I would, but they do make money from it. Mm. FIFA so. Ultimate Team, that the that's their their main money spinner. Those, those, those card packs. Yeah. It's yeah, the, you basically you get them, don't you, and you get one that might be worth it and they're like seventy nine P a pack. And my mate, his kids were getting their pocket money and they were blowing all their pocket money on these things and not even getting any good cards and Ugh. It is gambling. It's basically gambling. You're you're buy you're buying a roulette roll and hoping for something good. It's ga- it's gambling mechanics for kids, and I think it's awful. Well, it's, it's crazy how microtransactions can make so much money. Um, I heard recently that PlayStation Home, which has been closed down now, <laughs> um, was actually made them millions of dollars. What? Yeah, microtransactions. No yeah, microtransactions, people buying stuff for their apartments. Um, <laughs> like sofas and flowery shirts and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's people who are distraught, apparently, about it, that it's closed down. Um, well, whole wouldn't lot- you if you'd spent all this fucking money on crap you don't need and then it's just taken away from you? <laughs> well, people people have spent a lot of time in it, whereas I just, it was slow and buggy and weird. And so I was, yeah. Well, it was basically PlayStation's answer to Second Life, wasn't it? Yeah, it was supposed to be something different. It was supposed to be a lot more ironic, apparently. I was listening to, I think it was on a GameSpot uh, interview with one of the reporters who did a big article on it and went around um, interviewing people who were huge fans of it Mm. um, and interviewing the development team. And it was supposed to be a bit more cartoony and a bit more stylized, so they could actually, well, it would actually load. (laughs) But, But then, like, the higher up brass wanted it to be, you know, picture realistic. And so you end up with yeah. this weird kind of, yeah, weird looking avatars who just had look like high resolution faces <laughs> mushed on yeah. <laughs> on these characters. <laughs> and it just looks a bit bizarre and load screens are terrible. And um, you could go bowling and have to wait in a queue digitally to play a digital game bowling. 
<laughs> and it's just all a bit weird, but yeah, apparently it made them. They just they didn't close it down sooner because it was making them a ton money. of money. Yeah, if they're they're making money from it, they're not going to close it down, are they? I suppose now everyone's making the jump to PS4. Obviously, that I can imagine they saw that profit margin start to plummet. So. That, that's probably yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, ne- it never lived up to what it was meant to be. Um, but it was it sounded like it had two different agendas, like they're too many different people pulling it in different ways, and so it just became a bit of nothing. Instead of being yeah. instead of being something that could have been quite exceptional, it, it became something that was a bit of nothing, a bit of a bit of everything. But made money. Uh, so microtransactions, it makes companies money, and so I think I don't think we've seen the last of it. I, yeah, I, I don't think we've seen the last of pre-orders or microtransactions or anything like this, really, because at the end of the day, games make a lot of money for these people, and if they can make more money, they will. It's it's quite sad. Um, but that's why I think I I like sticking with companies like From Software. Uh, it, it's games. a shame I di- it's a shame I didn't expect this from Square Enix, of all the people. Uh, yeah, I don't know. To be honest, I just think I was thinking about earlier today when when um, I was reading the show notes. Is Square Enix? They t- really haven't been the same since they became Square Enix. Uh, no. No, I really like SquareSoft. <laughs> yeah, I miss old SquareSoft as well. Um, and it's 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 kind of like that old saying, you know, my favorite X. It's had three new heads and two new handles. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Is it, it the same X? <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's and I kind of feel the same with uh, Square Enix a little bit. Uh, I've got a lot of nostalgia and and and, and respect for. The, the history behind behind yeah. them but i haven't really seen much i uh, tomb raider except tomb raider I, I was i was actually very surprised and how much how good that game was yeah it was very good but it's not it once again it's still not the tomb raider i remember it's a completely different game it was good game nonetheless but it I, wasn't i think that's why i, I remember. liked it i think that's why i liked it just because i really yeah. liked the original tomb raider uh 20 years ago uh, <laughs> 18 years ago whatever it was uh but it had been flogged to pieces and become just a bit of rubbish and so they did a good job rebooting it um yeah the, the ip um but yeah i don't know they just yeah don't they don't have that same charm they used to um uh, I guess because they're so big now and the development teams change so much, this is not they're not they're not the same. So I guess it's hard no. to expect them to be the same. They they, they started becoming, uh, I would say, more Western. Yeah, that's a from, lot of, a strong argument a lot of people have. Yeah, I'd say from I noticed the big big change come from I'd say Final Fantasy Thirteen onwards. That's when I noticed. A lot of stuff happening. Like, I think 10, 10, 10 definitely started towards the down that path. Ten was mm. still good. Then um, twelve was um, again a bit more back to the old school uh, style, and yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, then it then it kind of yeah thirteen definitely. <laughs> but, <laughs> we, 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 press, press A to win. Yeah, we're getting a bit somber in our 
discussion. <laughs> Feeling a little bit sad now. Um, oh, it, 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 is, it is. It is super sad to see. Uh, I feel a company of such uh, such greatness to to become. And once again, it, it just it just plows back to money. Money can ruin a lot of stuff in this industry. It's it's done it in other industries. It's done it in uh, novels. It's done it with uh, movies. Yeah. Um, done it with a lot of things. Yep. It takes money over. Money ruins a lot of stuff. If you can do it for cheaper and make more, then why not? Um, yeah. But, they were, for them, it's just a business at the end of the day. But for us, it's it's a love. It's a passion. And we, we, we actually give two shits about the stuff that's in front of us. We don't just see it as a thing. Do you know what I mean? We get we get emotionally invested in the games we play, you know? And the stuff, we, we actually care about it. Whereas for them, it's just numbers and figures. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. why uh, characters like Kojima seem to shine so bright um, is because, as kind of bastions of that because they, 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 they him and Miyazaki and, and these other characters, they all, um, they seem to they, be in they, it for the game. Yeah, and they've, and it seems like as well, like people like them have stood and fought their corner as well, and not just let it go down in a ball of flames. <laughs> yeah, he, he could like Kojima could have just lied back and took everything, but he just went, "No, nah, fuck you. Just, We're finishing my contract after this. We're done. Yeah, screw you. And it was go his... make your fucking pachinko machines, assholes. Yeah, <laughs> um, and and how Nintendo, um, oh, those names just dropped out of my head. Um, this Iwata. Iwata, yes. Sorry, um, it's bad to forget. Hmm. Forget the those who passed on. Um, yeah, it's the same thing. The passion for games is what drove him uh, to be yeah. to be the man he was and to, to create the games he created. Um, and I think yeah, we we need to hold on to that. Um, and and it's those games that seem to be more successful and resonate with people and create create a fan base. I just, I just really hope from software don't drop their soft at the end <laughs> and become yeah. from Enix or from something else. And it goes well, a, lot, a lot of people are getting scared about that, aren't they? Because the frequency as to the the last two games appearing, people are getting a little worried about that, aren't they? Yeah, um, I th- yeah, I can completely, I can see where people are coming from. At the same time. I trust I, Miyazaki. He he said he's got all faith in himself to do it. Yeah. So if he wants to give himself more work, that's that's his choice. And he knows. He he even said in an interview he knows what he's done to himself and the undertaking he's given. But he feels he's able to succeed in finishing DS three and also doing the Bloodborne DLC. But he's just gonna have to do a lot of hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the man has got the passion to do it. Yeah. And and that said. The other games that are kind of annualized, they get flogged with, um, like, first-person shooters. They're exactly mm. the same. <laughs> the, there's never been a good uh, first-person shooter that's actually been that standout. Like, the very first one was the same as the next one, whereas yeah. at least... Oh, I guess people could say the same about Dark Souls. It's what you like, isn't it? Because Yeah, but... They kind of are the same, but different. 
Yeah. As you say, they're similar, but they do have their differences. But when you look at Call of Duty, you you could literally put four different Call of Duties on the screen and they'd all be identical. Yeah. Uh, But but they still sell, though. They still sell. I think the main culprit of the annualizations that's kind of gone bad is, is would be, I would say, Assassin's Creed. Um, uh, yeah. Because uh, Call of Duty <sighs> still sells. It's still the top-selling game, or like one of the top-selling games. People still will buy it, whether it's Things a good thing. Like, I, um, yeah. I, I, Call of Duty is always going to sell because it's, it's sold to younger teenagers and people who don't play anything else but that game. Yeah. So it's 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 always going to sell. But even so, I think they've noticed sales have gone down a little bit. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's true. They're not I did. as high as they used to be. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I just yeah, oh, from software, hang in there. Be a bastion mm-hmm. of the true gamer. Don't fall we'll into see, the corporate. Three will come out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, microtransactions. Every weapon you want it, you have to get. You have to buy. <laughs> Don't say that. Oh, that. Oh, that's just like my worst hell. Do, do you want this powerful Zweihander? You must pay <laughs> two two pound fifty. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, you can get this Zweihander, which has oh. a yellow blade, <laughs> for an extra fifty p. Um. Oh man, that that's that to me would just be hell. <laughs> yeah. Um. What? Yeah, I've got faith in From Software. Um, no, I have. I don't. I don't think you'd ever see anything like that in a FromSoft game. I honestly don't. And if Kojima had his way, you wouldn't have seen it in Metal Gear either. Yeah, I, I am glad it's just kind of pushed off to the side, and it's not the main uh, focus. Oh, speaking of that as well, I love that as well that they took his name off the game. But as a big fuck you, he's put his name in that game at about 600 times. Oh, if that, like, it's probably twice that. <laughs> oh, like, man, it's just everywhere. The start and end of every single mission, Kojima Jima. Games. Bosh. Fuck you, Konami. Uh, you take my name off the game, I'm going to slap it all over it anyway without you noticing. Yeah, like it's everywhere. Brilliant. Like it's it's hilarious. It's um, He's like director, writer, creator. <laughs> Producer. It's, yeah. Oh, so funny. It is, it is. Um, yeah, I did find that quite amusing. Um, <laughs> though I did notice there's a few other writers that get credits, some other, a few other dudes, yeah. which is cool. Him him, and his team of writers are great. I honestly think if him and his team of writers, I think they could do a good film. I honestly do. Well, he, he, well, I don't know if you've heard this, but apparently he, he wants to make a film. He he really does, yeah. He he. That's why he works. He tries to work with a lot of uh, sort of like Western film stars and that. That's why he was looking forward to working with like Guillermo del Toro. Well, and he wants to make was, a game, which is interesting because he's a director. He's well, but now because of what happened with this, Guillermo del Toro has now said he's never ever going to go near a computer game to make ever again. Oh, really? Because every single game he's gone near has either gone out of development or it's crashed and burned and he's just said look I can't deal with it anymore that's three games on the trot now that have gone down the pan I'm not going near a game ever again what are the, <laughs> what are the other ones uh, I can't the, uh, two horror games two more horror games as well yeah. well obviously he's a horror writer but I only know about can't this. remember their names yeah if you if you look into it he's yeah three projects now and they've all crashed and burned so he's just like, no, nah, I can't deal with this anymore. 
<laughs> Interesting. I'm sticking to movies. Because I heard rumours that they were going to team up regardless and work on something, but I don't know if that's yeah, just no, rumour. Yeah, he, that that was in an outright interview. He basically said, nah, okay. I'm done with computer games. That rumour was floating the same time that my, um, the rumour was that Microsoft bought the licence of Silent Hill for a billion dollars. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I wish that. I so wish they had done that because that means that game might have got made. No, I'd... Kojima freelance, IP freelance, Microsoft owned. Oh, it could have happened. I don't know. I, I think. <laughs> I think being with Microsoft, it might. It might just get too convoluted. Uh, it just makes me sad, like playing PT and then knowing that Del Toro and Kojima were making one of my favorite. Another one of my favourite game series. It made me so happy for the whole five minutes that it lasted. <laughs> and then I was just super sad. Man, another sombre note. We keep bringing these up. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot of sadness out there in the games industry at the minute. It's, it, it yeah. A lot of... It, it's, it's, it's pretty rough out there at the minute, man. It's, yeah. I know. It's, 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 it's this... dark times... There is there is light on the horizon. We've got Dark Souls yeah. 3 to look forward to. We've got Bloodborne Wee. DLC. Ooh, I'm looking forward to hearing some news about that, actually. Was, was it the last podcast we talked about this? Or was it me hanging out? Uh, so I've been playing a lot of Rocket League with Jeremy, actually, since the last mm. podcast. And I can't remember what <laughs> I talked about with him then or what we talked about on podcast. Um, we talked about the reason why it's been... We haven't heard, because we were kind of told we would we would hear. Mm. Um. Uh, I think it might be an epic name. Yeah, Roman no. talked about it as well uh, on one of his okay. podcasts. Um, is the theory that he had was um, the reason why we haven't heard and why it's taken a bit longer is that um, from software are quite sensitive to feedback. They actually listen to fans and will actually take it personally yeah. and take it on board and reflect on it. And yeah. the heavy feedback is that people want more we want more bloodborne we really enjoyed the content we enjoyed what we had but we want more yeah. of it um and so the the theory the thoughts are from epic name bros they take that's they're taking time to really flesh it out because they want to deliver something that's that has meat it has a lot of depth and breadth to it um well yeah i i, I miyazaki said uh, not too long ago that he's hoping that the DLC will have that depth of Atorius of the Abyss. So, yeah. yeah. See, the new theory I've heard is that it, it, it might be as big as the as the Dark Souls 2 DLC. Ooh. Now that I would be super, super happy about. Because um, we... I don't know where they're going to, how they're going to use it, but maybe Fumerian stuff or, I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting, it's interesting, but I, I'd rather them take their time and give us something spectacular exactly. than exactly. rush it. Yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to hang on. We've got Topi- Tokyo Game Week coming up soon, don't we? Yeah, it is soon. Um, uh, the- yeah, yeah, I think it's either this month or next month, yes. possibly next month. And then we've got, um, so there's a whole bunch of stuff coming, um, and then Sony have a conference in December, so... I think there'll be a lot announced. Then. I think we'll hear something soon. Yeah, so exciting they, stuff. They promised they they did they did promise that that we would hear something by the end of the year. So, yes, 
Um, well, since we're back on uh, uh, Bloodborne, <laughs> so, um, should we jump into our NPC corner quickly while we're, while we're on the Bloodborne topic? Yeah. Because we got last week, we start, we kicked it off with Jeremy talking, uh, um, talking about his favourite NPC. Uh, ah, yes, yes, he did, yeah. Um, he was, um, I can't remember who his one was. He was the guy by the, uh, the, the bell tower, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm, he, I just had yeah. a mind blank toe. This is terrible. We're like the worst podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. We are Souls um, fans. Oswald. Oswald of Kareem. Kareem. Yes. There we go. Sorry, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> and the character that I've wanted to kind of bring up, I wouldn't say he's a favourite. He's just, he's a, he's one that's kind of intrigued me and, and, in uh, uh, Bloodborne, he's not the first NPC, is he? Because you can you can speak to um, Yusefka first if you turn around. Uh, but it's Gilbert, yeah. uh, the the ill man inside oh, Gilbert inside the building, which I missed my first time past. I had to come back, which is easy to do because when you first start the game, I don't think it's quite obvious that the lit windows with the lanterns are npcs no it's not no, very obvious no clue um mm. and well i'm used to souls games npcs being npcs that you can see uh that you can see yeah and that this is he's the only mp yeah he's the npc you can't actually see him and you never see him except in a mm. werewolf in a beast form yeah um which is very interesting um As, yeah, so I missed them. I'm just trying to think how how wide my eyes must have been playing Bloodborne, how excited I was. My eyes went wide open, but I saw nothing. <laughs> I was just too excited and, <laughs> and too busy looking to see. You know, I so overlooked. I missed the forest for the trees or whatever the saying is. Um, but yeah, he's an interesting character. And I heard a lot of people talking about how he's inflicted. He's a foreigner just like you are and how he's inflicted with, a, um, with the curse of the beast. Um, and that he's come to be healed with the healing blood. Whereas I've always, I took it differently. I've heard, um, I see the, 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 the curse of the beast is actually the, the side effect of the blood healing. Um, Agreed. And, um, and so I, I kind of heard people talking in podcasts and, and in videos talking about how that he is, he has come to Yarnum because he's been cursed with the, with, with the beast. Whereas I read it differently and I heard it differently and, and I just wanted to see what your thoughts were on that and and also just talk about his some of his dialogue, that kind of evidence is what how I feel. And I'll just quickly read his a couple of his lines. Uh he goes, What afflicted me is incurable. But this town gave me gave me hope. The strange blood brought me time. And so the, I read that as that he was he was ill. He had some kind of cancer or some kind of disease. Uh, that was affected. It may have been a plague. It may have been anything that was was very it was was terminal. And he came here looking for blood healing. And the side effect of that was the curse of the beast. And then he goes on. I I was most fortunate, unharmed by the plague of beasts. I can even die human. And so he he thought he was unharmed by the plague of the beasts. He'd he'd been mm. he'd been given time to kind of get his affairs in order from the blood healing and he thought he had, he had skipped the the curse of the beast uh but then he unfortunately was still taken with it in the end um yeah. although is is that him 
could that be another beast that got into his house and killed him and then came out? I don't know. I've never thought about that before. See, it could, this thing, it could have been, but I think it pretty much, that is Gilbert, because obviously when you go back numerous times, he, he does start sounding rougher. He's, he's right, more yes. coffee. And then, and then well, I think I'm sure the last time you go back to that window, he's just like... Yes, you're right. I do remember that now. He's just kind of growling, and then the next time you go there, he's wandering around as as a beast, basically, fully transformed. But yeah, I, I, I would say I agree with your chain of thinking, most definitely. He he quite clearly says that, in no certain words, he was ill. And if you look into the law, people came to Yarnum when they were ill to get blood healing, because it made them better. But as a side effect, you are infected by the plague of beasts, which no one realised that it was the blood that was causing it. Because if you look into it, uh, the church were obviously lying to everyone, yep. saying, no, 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 the blood's not causing this. But they knew it was. But that blood was giving them power over people. So they still continue to use it anyway. And I feel that's why you are there as a character as well. I feel that you've come from out of town as an ill person and that's why you're there to get your blood treatment that you get at the start of the game because you are sick in some shape or form. Yes, it's interesting because there's also the fact with the Canehurst invitation that I find very uh, fascinating, whether or not that actually has more to do with or a part to do with you coming to uh, to Yarnum because you go back Mm. to your um, gurney you're on the invitation's there where you started the game. That's, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you are right. Yeah, where you very first started, that's why you where you find the invitation. So possibly, yeah, you might have got the invitation and that's what's brought you there and you've, you, or you're always already sick. Yeah, you thought, or oh, both. Well, I get, uh, I get that. And, it's, it's, that's what's so fascinating about this, this game and it, it does adhere to a lot of those, um, some of those... Um, Lovecraft books um, or stories mm. where the I think it's the village or the celebration or something I can't remember what it's called but yeah where it's your your family's from the, the the character's family's from that town but he's been in, he's been invited back for various reasons and he hasn't been there for a long time um, and see so yeah, a lot of I don't know a few of his stories from what I remember that I've listened to recently is there's an invitation or a letter bringing the per- the main protagonist to the the place of question, and that's how. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It seems to lean in with that. But yeah, Gilbert. I just think he's a he's a cool character. He's very helpful <laughs> in a, a land of he's super helpful. The land of very unhelpful people. Um, he does. He very very horrible angry people. He's just he he he's genuinely a nice person and wants. To, I think there's only two people in this game that really actually genuinely want to help you but one of them seems like a crazy murderer but he's actually he just wants to be your friend the other one (laughs) there would be i'd say another third would be uh yusefka original yusefka or original yusefka yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah Hmm. so that's that's my take on gilbert Uh, i think he's a good bloke um I think he's. I think there's two curses or illnesses he suffers with um and it's just a beast that takes him in the end no, I definitely agree with that. That 
that's what happens to um, uh, people get infected by the, the scourge of the beast. Well, and, and there's also throughout the game, there's the blood. Uh, we can we see the evidence that the blood causes uh, transformations um, through the different types of car- beasts or uh, creatures we come across. Because in like um, Bergenworth, uh, they become flies, beast thingies. Yeah, and that's that's the blood that they're using. All the type of uh, they're merging themselves, trying to become like the great ones. They transform yeah. I, to that. I think. I think what that is is because uh, possibly Bergenworth actually uh, are using a different strand of blood to the church because it, it seems like yes. church is using Uden's blood, and obviously uh, Bergenworth seems to be using Ibriatus. Ibriatus. I can never say a goddamn name. Ibriatus. Yeah. Yeah. Her <laughs> uh, blood, basically. Sounded like Lister yeah. there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's yeah, which people, it in turn causes different effects, different transformations. Yeah, and it's also mm. yeah the Bergenworth their their focus to come like the how they want to come to like the great ones is very mind orientated, and it's eyes yeah. on the inside. Whereas uh, the church, it's it was a bit more well the different there's different groups of the church, um, there's different yeah. factions, and they have their own different focus. Um, so yeah, that is my thoughts on Gilbert, and here's my NPC of the week. And he he is good. He's yeah. He's a very interesting one. No, I do not like Gilbert. He he's a friendly chap, and he give me a flamethrower, so I can't. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we're 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 tailing into the last bit. I've got a couple of uh, questions that I've received nice. on Twitter. Uh, yeah, so I've I, I've had one from. Uh, Mr. Paddy Stardust over at Twin Humanities. Another top bloke. Yeah, quite quite a random question. He asks, would you rather fight a dozen duck-sized tigers or a single tiger-sized duck? <laughs> tiger-sized duck. Ducks are stupid. <laughs> I completely agree. Could you imagine... 12 small tigers. It's basically like well, 12 cats, but they're tigers. They would tear you to smithereens. It depends. if they Because if they're duck-sized, it means they're little cubs. And that would just be fun and cute. Because then I'd be play-fighting with them. 12 of them? But they'd be 12 of them. But if they were just cubs and babies, <laughs> they're not aggressive. They don't have fangs. They don't have claws. But what But what if they were full-grown tigers, just duck-sized? That's the difference. Then no, no way. Then you're in trouble. And, and ducks can be vicious. I've been bit by a butt duck before. They hurt. <laughs> yeah, but can you imagine the mean roast you could get when you win? Mm. Giant duck. Yeah, that, that's one big giant duck. You'd need a big pancake roll for that. Yeah, but it would be good. <laughs> I, I still think I'd take the duck. Um, I think I might take the duck because afterwards, yeah, we could make a giant pancake roll with it. A giant spit roast. <laughs> Um, but yeah, those little man, because lo- tigers, their their claws are the size of a human's index finger, and in- index finger. So even yeah. they're that small, they're still going to be huge. It's going to be like claws. Yep, I think Paddy, it's it's a consensus. Uh, duck size, the size of a tiger. Tiger, most definitely. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
What's so next? You have a question. I have a question. Another, another more, more down to earth one. Not as crazy. <laughs> He's uh, from Mr. Greer. <laughs> uh, there's an island situation. Can only bring one series of games with you. What would it be? Souls, Metal Gear Solid, or Mario? <laughs> I can rule Mario out. Yeah, I think I can roll Mario out as well. I like Souls, but I think I'm more passionate about... Oh, no, sorry. I like Metal Gear. I really like Metal Gear. But I think I'm more passionate about Souls games. Yeah. And I think that, to I... me, they have more replayability. Uh, does this desert island have internet? Because you could PvP for forever. <laughs> It doesn't say. Jeremy, what about internet, dude? <laughs> if it has a good ethernet connection, <laughs> then I would certainly take Souls because of the PvP, enjoyment, and longevity. Yeah. What's your answer? See, I, 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 I would go the opposite. Obviously, Mario. Nee. <laughs> you know, I'm not bothered about Mario. But uh, I'm definitely, definitely... I love my souls now, but I, I've I've been passionate about Metal Gear since I was tiny, tiny, tiny. I've been playing Metal Gear since the NES, so I've got a yeah. The passion for that game is saying else for me, and I I would quite happily take them and play them. For me, it's it's a religion of mine to play <laughs> one or two games of Metal Gear every year, like. I play four at least once every year, and then either one, two, or three oh, nice. throughout the year. So, so I've never... Yeah, I do that basically every year. Nice. I've never replayed any of them. Wow. I, I replay them all the time. I, I actually <laughs> don't own. Um, this is the first Metal Gear, I think, except for Portable Ops and Peace Walker. Is the, the first Metal Gear Solids I've actually owned. I've always just... My brother's had them, and I've always just borrowed them off him. Wow. So I'm a actually big fan of them, and I've played them all, and I and I know the stories, yeah. and I know all the crazy weirdness. You've just with never characters. technically owned. You've never technically owned. One. Yeah. Um, but I've <laughs> that's that's interesting. I've read. I read. I I often go read or listen to YouTube videos about the story and and recaps mm. and stuff, and so I'm way into it. Just yeah, I've never. I guess the type of games now I, I don't find replaying them as enjoyable. Um, although I found playing, replaying Map Ground Zero is really enjoyable. <laughs> but um, but yeah, Dark Souls yeah. I can replay. I can just keep playing the mechanics, and so yeah, it's good. It's Ugh. good to have a different answer. Yeah, no, I just ugh. I don't think people understand how passionate I am about Metal Gear. Well, my, my friend at work could tell you, like, <laughs> seriously, like, when we was talking about it the other day for, like, all day, literally, I'd probably say six of those hours was just me nattering about all the crazy theories I've got going around in my head at the minute. <laughs> nice. like, I'm, I've, I've got about four or five different theories in my head at the minute, and I'm just waiting to see which one pans out. I reckon one of them will be right. Nice. <laughs> I'm just waiting to see. Yeah, no, I, I love talking about Metal Gear. Like, my, my brothers, I talk with them a lot about it and and who was who and and how... I remember playing Metal Gear Solid 3 um, 
a bit late actually i don't play it when it first came out um and just think realizing that um ocelot was a, a double or a triple agent and they're going well, this is super cool mm-hmm. um and asking yeah. talking to my brother about it, he's like we're talking about he's he was on the bad tie I, I don't think he picked up on the fact that um yeah at the end of the metal gear solid 3 that it talks about how he was actually working for the the cia as well um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so I get way into these intricate storylines and twists and turns of the characters, and yeah, good games. But yeah, I think I would still stick with Souls. Nah, not a bad choice though. No, Souls or MGS. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's all good. <laughs> well, I will say, uh, uh, two hours nineteen in. I think. You guys will probably want a bit of a rest, so I think we'll call this episode an end for this week. And possibly when you hear from us next, it might be our Metal Gear special with our special guest, dependent on sort of the amount of time we take, because we want to get our teeth really, really deep into it so we can proper give you a good good rundown of everything. And to say now that that, that episode will be I would say quite spoiler heavy. Yes, but we'll we'll, we'll pre warn everyone before we do that. So if you if you want to miss out on that episode with no spoilers, but that's why we're gonna we'll we'll give it a while, so it gives plenty of people plenty of time to uh, get their teeth deep into that game. So yes, for sure. Middle Gear Solid does seem like the type of game that if you're gonna get it, you're gonna get it at release. Yeah. So I Definitely. think we should be okay with people who are fans. Yeah, by the end of the, by the end of the month. So yeah, that's our plan. Most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in, and we are gonna tune out. I'm uh, yeah. Thanks again. Thank you very much, and we shall see you next time. Adios. Things have changed, boss. We're pulling money, recruits, just a combat cipher. Rubbing our noses in bloody battlefield dirt. All for revenge. The world calls for wet work, and we answer. No greater good. No just cause. Cause. Cypher sent us to hell. But we're going even deeper. I know. I'm already a demon. Heaven's not my kind of place anyway.